Emily Beebe and I were legendary party throwers. And in fact, many, many years in our 20s did a Valentine's Day party every year, complete with a makeout closet. Wow. And yeah, that, we, is, that is chic. It was <laughs> the chicest. And I don't even want to tell you, pre him meeting his wife, a friend of mine made out with Seth Rogen and was like, that's the best make out of my life. Um, happy to be here. Happy to be here. Lucky oh. to be here. <laughs> Gina, Gina what, like how, how long is it? How long have we been on this call? Like, like 10 like, minutes. Yeah. But maybe we were just shooting the shit and Gina was quiet. And then the second Sitting, that sleeping, we, sleeping. Yeah. The second that we started the podcast let me let in this, earnest. Let me let this little jerk out. Hold on one second. Well, here's hoping because I can't supervise her on that balcony right now. Let's let's hope she doesn't do it. Doesn't yeah. finally decide hope to do is, it. Hope this isn't the time. Gina has truly become your third child in that she hates the podcast. And the second that we start doing it, she's like, no. This is, How do they know? How do they all know? I don't because, know. Because by the way... Birdie, I didn't even tell Birdie what I had to do at 8 a.m. this morning. Yeah. But I was like, so we got to get out of the house. Uh, Birdie's, this is Birdie's first day back at school post-Coves. Oh, good. Two negative days in a row. And then the kids are allowed back oh, at school. Okay. They'll, Birdie will wear a mask for the next like few days until they hit day 10, whatever. Okay. Um, I think, although I'm not in that school... I don't know what's going to happen. Do you know right, what I mean? Right. Who knows? Right. But that's what the idea is. Um, but I'm much better. Actually, we were going to take a test. I thought maybe it would be fun. Yeah. Just a fun, a fun thing to do to find out live if I'm still testing positive. I feel totally fine. Good. Um. Minus the fact that I did not sleep last night, which is annoying. What? Why weren't you sleeping? Just well, I was nervous, Casey, about waking up early for the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> you were nervous about getting up. You wake up so early every day. I know, and then, but like you know that thing, like I, it's like school. It's like the first day of school. Like so, so guys, just so you know. Normally, we do the podcast sort of like in the afternoon because Casey's on the West Coast, I'm on the East Coast. And, you know, it just, I can't ask you to wake up before <laughs> so early to get, hop on the phone and talk shit, I, but like process our emotions. <laughs> but you're on the, you've been traveling forever now. For like, I, it feels like three years I've been away from home, but it's really only and, been like over a week. 10 days is a long time to travel. It's a long time. Yeah. I think 10 days is, for me, a tr like traveling trip, like not just like, like we, I go away in the summer for a month or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. And then that's, you have a home base but, and. Right. But it's like, yeah, like I literally pack 47 suitcases and yeah. like my pour over coffee maker and like, you know, like everything comes with me, but, um, you've been traveling and, and Casey's on the East coast and is flying back today. And because 
she's really such a deadline bitch, guys. <laughs> she sent a text and was like, I think in order to make it work with my flight and editing and everything, gonna need to do the podcast at 8 a.m. Your time is that gonna work? And I was like, yeah, easy. I'm up so early. And then last night I was just like, tossing and turning and like, what if I don't get up? And oh I don't know. It's so weird. Also, because Mark and Cricket are definitely not sick, but I mean, they never got really the the brunt of it. It was really right, right. me and the bird. Um, but they are still very in the weeds. Right. Still pause. So, and Mark actually did not feel good yesterday, I guess. Oh, gosh. Can I just tell you that, like, well, first of all, when I texted you about, like, could we do the podcast in the morning? You were so nice about it. And then I read back the text and I was like, this sounds like I sound like such a drama bitch because I was like, can we do the podcast at eight o'clock? Because I have to drive from Cape Cod to Rhode Island, drop off my rental car, get into the airport, go through security, and then once I'm through security, then I have to edit the podcast before I get on one of my two flights. Oh, I'm like, I sounded like a real bitch baby. <laughs> you know what? It's allowed every once in a while. You don't complain like ever about like hardly anything, truly. Like someone could like cut your limb off and you'd be like, you know what? I understand. <laughs> I see it. I get it. I get it's- it. And they're going through their own thing or whatever. <laughs> like, but... So I didn't think, I don't know. I, I always appreciate it when you have like a rare moment of like, <laughs> I got to do all this shit. Like I was thinking about it because this is what I wanted to talk to you about. Did you see Brene Brown's post this morning? No, I didn't see it this morning. Well, Brene Brown is taking a sabbatical. She's taking a step away. Oh, good And she's her. encouraging her team to as well. So she's going, she's taking a break till September. Oh, wow. And she's like, said this really beautiful thing that's, I don't know, somebody else said, I don't fucking know. <laughs> I, but about how, hold on, hold on. It's a quote. It's a famous quote. But then she was like, there's debate about who said it. And you can read more about it on my blog, which I'm not going to do. But <laughs> um, the quote is... Between stimulus and response, there is a space. In that space is our power to choose our response. In our response lies our growth and freedom. Oh, wow. I love that. I love that for her. But that's the quote is she's attributing it to Viktor Frankl, but I guess there's debate. Whatever. It doesn't matter. Okay. Um, But, you know, she talks about what exists in that space between stimulus and response and how if you don't allow yourself the space, how do you know if the response is the best you could give? Yeah, I think that's so great. I love Brene Brown in a in a sea of people who have decided to become inspirational. Brene Brown? Influence. So everybody wants to be Brene Brown. But here's the thing is that I was recently watching the first episode of her show. She has a show that I can't tell you what the name of it is or sure. what but you platform guys, we know. it's on. Just like it's on go, something. Go on your machine and look up Brene Brown and it'll tell you what the show is. But um, it just really struck me how that lady has done the work. She has been at this for years. Her inspirational talents 
uh, were hard won through vigorous scholarly (laughs) pursuits. And I just really, she's really done the work. She knows her stuff. I like her so much. And I'm so glad that she is taking a sabbatical. It's a lot more, it's a lot more than just, you know, telling people to like feel the ground under their feet, you know, like no disrespect to anyone that that's has ever said that, but you know, she's just, she's really great. And it's like scientific and spiritual. And uh, I just like her. I dig her. Here's what I wanted to say though. That's a thing that you can do when you have money. You're so right. You're so right. And, and I, I like love it so much, but I was even thinking about us and I was thinking about like, oh no, I'm going to cry. Am I going to cry? I might not cry. I was thinking about your retreat last week, your writing retreat. I was thinking about some upcoming travel I have for work, but also just some upcoming travel stuff I have. And like in the summer yeah. and I was like, oh, maybe that's a good idea. Like maybe we should, you and I should do that as well. Like we should take time. And then I thought about the revenue that we generate (laughs) from the ad sales for this podcast and how for both of us, it, it makes a difference and it is necessary. Like at this point in my life, like it's, you know, I don't, I was thinking about this the other day. Like I don't do so much, like I don't do, I I don't work with Olay anymore. I don't have any like, you know, big brand partnerships in this moment. Like, I think that brands probably rightfully, I don't fucking know, whatever. But I think that they're probably trending more toward, you know, TikTok stars and whatever. Right. Um, I mean, I think there's always like a space for moms like me, but but my kids are older. They're like not as cute, you know. (laughs) (laughs) That's just like the facts. The facts are that like teens don't sell diapers. You know what I mean? It's true. It's true. And so, and so like for me, I used to have a lot of supplemental income that I really count on so that I didn't have to be, you know, so that I could work on other things and I didn't have to be like an actor for hire, like taking random ass acting jobs. Like just being on a procedural drama on CBS for one. And guys, Yes. And don't get me wrong. Like Girls Fight Eva definitely pays me, but it's It's seasonal employment. It's eight episodes (laughs) that we talked a lot about. You know, on Cougar Town, I did 20 fucking three episodes a year. Right. For the first like couple years. And then we did 15. Yeah. Like, which is like basically double eight. Yeah. It used to be a different world, but we talked a lot about that on the retreat this week, how it's all like... You are paid well when you're working, but then when you're not working, you're not sort of paid at all, usually. I mean, well, and you know who's the worst with money. (laughs) (laughs) Here's the thing, and I realize this as I'm looking at my like credit card that's like, please pay immediately or I'm sending you to a collection agency. I'm not joking. Like, I am, when I am making money, I give it away to people. Yeah, I know. Like, you're and v- you're I, I really, way too generous. For I, real. You know, I, this, just this month, now I might actually cry. Just this month, I was like, why the fuck have I been so generous? Like, where are those, you know, I, I like, 
and, and I know people, you're listening, you're like, this is not relatable. Maybe it's not to you, but maybe it is. Maybe it is. I'm not, like, I, I just feel like that thing from Hello, Dolly, <laughs> which is that money is like manure and it should be spread about encouraging new things to grow. Right, right. And I just have never, I have always seen the absurdity in what I've been paid. Yeah. And so while I live a nice life, totally, like very privileged and vacations and things that I did not have growing up. My kids have experiences, not just because I'm famous, like experiences, you know, I mean, like vis-a-vis. Yeah, like, like meeting Olivia Rodrigo or whatever. Exactly. But like my kids have experiences like camps and things that like, you know, my parents did great, you know, did very well and but at the same time, like sleepaway camp was a bridge too far for, right. you know, that was like a stretch. Right. Like my sister and I both got to do like a summer program one time right. growing up. And that right. was like a big deal. And we knew it, you know, we both, my sister and I both worked as soon as we could. And by the way, my kids are going to have to work too, just FYI. <laughs> and Birdie, Birdie already knows that the guest star on Gloria's show doesn't count. <laughs> Um, But I I think a lot of people probably can relate more than you think, because I think women in particular, I think that so many women and tell me you listening, tell us if this sounds familiar to you. I think a lot of women just work really hard to recognize people that they feel like should be recognized. And often, even if they don't have a lot of money, they do it through things like, I got you a coffee. I got you like this candy that I know that you like just to say like, Hey, you're doing a good job. Or like, Hey, I see you. Hey, I like you. I have so many girlfriends who are just like, they really go out of their way to spoil me in a way that I'm like, Oh my gosh. I mean, well, you know, you guys at home, you bought me a fucking fireplace just for like, to say, whatever, we like you and we know you want a fireplace, which is like the nicest thing that's ever happened to me. And I just don't even know what to do with my feelings about that. And I can't wait to go home and hug my fireplace because I haven't had a chance to spend any time with it because I got on a plane to to go do some stuff. But um, I think that, you know, even people that aren't, you know, spokesmodels for Olay, former Olay spokesmodels. Former, former Olay spokesmodel. <laughs> um, By the way, I hope they saw that when I was doing press just now, I really did put that sunscreen in one of my like summer must-haves because I do fucking love that sunscreen. <laughs> and I was like, I don't, I literally said in the thing, I was like, I don't work with them anymore. Right. But I'm glad I did because you know what I got out of it? This sunscreen. That sunscreen. Yeah. And a lot of money. <laughs> My kids got to go to nice school. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but like, you know, it's just, I think you're right. Like, and I think women especially, I don't know, for me also, maybe someone would make the argument. It's about like, do you value yourself? Do you right. value your blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, yeah, I do. And also, I do. You know I right, do. Right. Like I won't, you know, I I won't work if someone is not offering me what I think I'm 
worth right, to right. be paid. I've like yeah. walked away from shows and things where I'm like, that's not fair because uh, actually I know what the dudes are making and now. Right. But, but at the same time, I just also can't help but like when the bank account is full, instead of saying like, oh, let me take that chunk and put it deeper. Right. I'm like, let me take that chunk and like help this person redo their backyard. (laughs) I know because I know they really need to and it's like and they've got kids and like whatever, you know, like a person in my life. Yeah. And like I just you're like uh, you're like a celebrity IOU, but it's not on TV. And nobody ever pays me back. <laughs> well, th- well, I think Celebrity IOU, that's the Property Brothers show. And that's oh, the one oh, where I like a celebrity is. like does does over like a room in someone's house because they feel like they owe their English Property teacher. Brothers, hit me up. I want to do that. <laughs> they, I would love to do that. I know you would. I feel like you would love that, that opportunity to be like, let me do my school secretary's porch over or whatever. I would would redo your backyard and make your uh, swimming pool bigger. (laughs) I like it. And not not climb minable. Oh, yeah. Just like in ground. Yeah. That's going to be. I would do like a whole thing for you. That's going to be a thing. Um, What if I put in like one of those things? Okay, now let's just play this game. (laughs) What if I did one of those things? What if if I designed a thing with the Property Brothers where um, it's like, you can turn that thing on and then it gives you like resistance so you can swim laps against yeah. the resistance. Would you no, be into that? That's what mine has. No, I know. But yours is like a little tiny like, like, can I, can I tell you what? I, I've never seen you in it. Can I tell you what I imagine? <laughs> yes. Okay. I imagine something that is the, I don't know what that is, circumference. Yeah. Like that it's like five feet across on all sides. Like, so it's like, I, I imagine it really, really small. Like the size of a dumpster? <laughs> Bigger than a dumpster. <laughs> Bigger than a dumpster. Like I imagine it to be like like the size of like a of like one of those plastic kiddie pools that you get at CVS in the summer. Yes. But, but tall. Tall and okay. full of water. That okay. I imagine it to be like, and I and in my head, you sort of like can't even stretch out and you just sort of like are circling around a little bit like Daryl Hannah in Splash when oh, she's in yeah, the tank. Oh, yeah, she's in the tank, yeah. And she's just like curling around and curling around. Okay, if I had a mermaid tail, that might be the case. But just so to give you like, to paint you a bigger picture. When it's I'm about, in LA next, can I come see it? Yeah, you can totally come see it. It's six feet tall. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So it's that's tall, about right. That's what I it's thought. Taller yeah. than I am. Mm-hmm. It's eight feet wide, which is wider mm. than you would think. That's wider than I thought. It's twenty feet long, and then the Whoa, length, that's the, big. Yeah, the length of it, one third of it, is like a hot tub, and then two thirds of it is like a rectangular pool. What is you, this? It's how this, did we get this? It's a swim spa. It's not what? like, remember when you were looking at like um container pools? Like, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's not unlike that. Wait, but how does it come? In a box? It, uh, no, they used a crane to lift it over mm. our house and our whole okay, neighborhood okay. came out. And okay. we were very nervous that our neighbors would be like, you're going to crush my house or like, what kind of dipshits are you? And uh, for the most part, 
Well, first of all, I thought that I was going to have to be out of the house while the crane lifted it over because that is something that I just can't take. Seems terrifying. And instead, I just hid inside my house so that I couldn't see it. Um, and, and then if it fell on your house, you would yeah, just die. Yeah, just be like a real Because you could of die, you would die like of embarrassment and or exactly. also just of being exactly. crushed by your swim spa. <laughs> but my husband and my kids were out front and they saw all the neighbors come out and then they waited with bated breath to hear like what the neighbors would say. And to our face, at least everybody was like, we're into it. We're in support of it. We think it's great. Um, and they were all very nice about letting us bring a giant crane. Well, it just came with a giant crane. We couldn't do anything about it. Right. There's nothing um, you can do about a crane. Yeah. Onto our cul-de-sac and they just set it down, set it down. Fun fact on four ice bags. They told us to get bags of ice and to put them down as the crane was lowering it, and then the ice melted and gently lowered it to our patio. So that's a genius, genius idea. Genius. Okay, wait. Do you want to hear the biggest, well, waste of a crane? <laughs> <laughs> yes. Okay. So old house, Whitley. And then we got to talk about COVID because I got, yeah. I, we guys, we got to fucking talk about it. And you were guys, just opening your test and you guys, gotta, we got to talk about COVID. We got to talk about, nobody's talking about no it. No one is talking about COVID and we've got to talk about it. <laughs> um, okay. Biggest waste of a crane. When we moved into, okay. When Mark and I first started dating, we had these sort of like, I mean, I would call them legendary parties. Sure. Yeah. You're a legendary party, party thrower. For sure, 100% I am. In fact, at one point, someone was telling me about a New Year's Eve party that they went to once. And I was like, sir, that was my party. <laughs> you were at my New Year's Eve party. <laughs> anyway, um, had no idea. The person had no idea. That's um, But so d when we would do our parties, this is, and now guys, you got to keep in mind we're talking 17 years ago. Is that right? Jesus fucking yeah. Christ. Woo! 17 years ago. Yeah. And I was just like a real, like, wanted to make things like chic and yeah. fun. And like, don't forget, here are the things that did not exist. Social media. <laughs> right. Pinterest. Right. Um, any Anything. <laughs> Martha Stewart's blog existed, yes, by the way. That's, that's true. Yeah, Martha that's Stewart's long... blog. And Emily Beebe and I used to get lots of ideas from Mar Martha Stewart's blog. And in fact, also just from the magazine. Just Martha's yeah. magazine. I love and that in magazine. Fact, before Mark and I got together, Emily Beebe and I were legendary party throwers. And in fact... Many, many years in our 20s did a Valentine's Day party every year, complete with a makeout closet. Wow. And yeah, that, we, is, that is chic. It was <laughs> the chicest. And I don't even want to tell you, pre him meeting his wife, a friend of mine made out with Seth Rogen and was like, does the best makeout of my life. Swear to God. Swear to God. Seth, sorry to... Well, I mean, no, not sorry. We're telling no, people good, that I'm you're... Happy for Lauren. Congratulations. A, a hot kisser. Congrats. 
Wow. Still talks about it, my friend. Married children. She's like, remember when I made out with Seth Rogen? Oh, my gosh. I was like, I guess. I don't know. All right. You just, you never know. You never know when something that you do in a closet at a party is going to just, someone's going to carry it with them for life. The point being, (laughs) I got to be in my bonnet when Mark and I first started dating about Mm -hmm. this New Year's party that we needed to have a vintage photo photo booth at it. Right. And this is, guys, again, when I tell you I'm ahead of my time. Yeah, it was way before. I am ahead of my time. Yeah. And I was, you know, fresh off of, I don't even fucking know what job I had just done. White chicks. Had that money burning a hole in my pocket again. See, got to get rid of it. (laughs) <laughs> just gotta just gotta spend it. <laughs> and I found online this guy who was it was like for bar mitzvahs, like bar and bat mitzvahs and like weddings. Oh my god. And he would drive this vintage photo booth from I think Texas. He lived wow. in Texas or something. To your party. And it was not cheap. I think it was like, I wanna say it was like $1,500. Again, okay. 17 years ago, guys, inflation. So that's like $4 million now. <laughs> and this is why I'm currently getting statements from my credit card, like, please pay your bill right now. You're, you still have to pay for that photo booth. My knowledge. Well, I was just saying I have no fucking concept of money. Like, I always think like if I were on prices right, I would fail so miserably because people, you know this about me because people yes. would be like, how much does a gallon of milk cost? And I'd be like, Twenty-seven fifty? No, no. I'm sorry. No, no, no. That's wrong. A dollar twenty-five. Is that is that more right? Okay, so it's like ten ten dollars is a gallon. Of, is that what a gallon a gallon of milk is ten dollars? I have no fucking idea. That's how that's how everyone I've ever worked with, by the way, who's like, you know, on TV and like when once you get to the place where someone's like maybe helping you by getting your milk for you because you don't have time to get your milk. That's what happens. Well, let me tell you something, though. I get my own milk, Casey, and clearly the credit card company will tell you I should pay fucking attention. You know what I mean? (laughs) Yeah. Well, that's what I was going to say. You're not checking the price of milk. You just know you have to get it. And so you just get it. And then you hear about it later. I mean, you know, we've talked before about my sister Leanne being the coupon clipping queen. Coupon queen. Yeah. And I envy it. I really do. Yeah. And I will always use a Bed Bath & Beyond coupon. And yeah. I will always use a Michael's coupon. Yeah. Those are the two coupons I have in my they arsenal. Make it, they make it really easy. Yes. Those establishments make it really easy. But also, I'm like, you know how you can make it easier? Just make your shit cheaper. And then no coupons. And then everyone would But be, they got to trick you. They got to trick you. I know. I resent the tricking. Occasionally, occasionally I'll say to a person at a place, like when they ask me about coupons, I'll be like, don't you have any? <laughs> they no, I will. Do. And I'll be like, no, I'll say, don't you have any? And like, if you say it really nice, sometimes yeah. they're like, yeah, I do. Here, hold on. They always just have the flyer there and they just ring up the flyer for you at like my stores. They don't even ask if you have the coupon. You know and what else is insane? What? Those rewards cards. Yeah. I'm because just like, it's like, what? Why do I? I'm just trying to be chic. Why do I have to have like a ring full of keys like fucking Schneider with all of your grocery <laughs> coupons? Just put it. Cards. Guys, that reference. 
I barely know, but I know enough. <laughs> is it Welcome Back, Cotter? No, it's no. one day at a time. One day at a time. Right, right, right. Schneider with like, why do I have to look like a building superintendent with every grocery car card, grocery store card well, on the key ring? Don't you just put it on, just put your phone number on? Yes, but like I hate just saying my phone number out and again. You just type it. You type it in, babe. Uh, sometimes, but sometimes they want to type it in. But here's here's what I will say to you. Here, the three phone numbers I always try are my own whenever I'm in any store. Right. Because I'm like, the chances are it's my own, Mark's, and Emily BB's. There you go. <laughs> three phone numbers I try. Shit, Emily, I forgot my... B- Olive and June nail polish. I wanted to paint my nails while we were talking today. Oh, no. Fuck. I left it at the other house. <laughs> Too many houses, guys. Again, let's bad talk about money. how I'm bad with money. Bad okay, with wait, money, bad with wait, nail polish. Wait, Back to photo booth guy. So this yeah. guy would show up. He was very Russian. And his name was Mike. And he showed up with this vintage photo booth and set it up tested it, had the chemicals and everything in Mark's backyard at the time. Mark's at the time backyard, not Whitley. Where this is coming around, guys, just you fucking wait. COVID (laughs) is out of my body. It's a whole new world. I'm going to tell a story that goes somewhere. And he was an interesting character. Yeah. One, he, he came to a couple parties for us and one and toward the middle mid end of the night, the inevitably the phone booth would always like the photo phone booth, booth photo booth. <laughs> the photo booth would always break down at sure. some point. It's vintage and get jammed up. Yeah. And then he would like have to go in. And we would always Mark and I would always find like a stack of this guy's photos the next day somewhere. Oh, no. Like around okay like of pictures that he took trying out the machine okay um but also i think he came to two or three parties just two just two um before i'll (laughs) get to where i'm getting with this um he would like get in the booth with people like toward the end of the night, like when okay. people were drunk. Yeah. And I never knew if he was getting drunk as well. I could just assume yeah, that sure. he was, I guess. Yeah. But I do remember being in his photo booth with my friend Candy, and then he popped in <laughs> and then stuck his entire tongue in my ear. Oh, wow. For a photo. Wow. I have the picture somewhere. I'm sure. Of my shocked expression. Yeah. Who <laughs> That's one of those moves that I'm I I hope I haven't been on the photo booth or dating scene in a while. I hope it's one of those moves that's going by the wayside because it's never been never been sexy just to give someone a wet willy like right with your tongue. Well, it's also tastes disgusting. Yeah, I mean, the earwax is notoriously like it's disgusting. It's, it's a gross jelly bean. Sakara. You know what I feel about Sakara. I know you love it so much. I love it as well. I really need there's a Sakara. Sakara. There's a Sakara mention in Jenny Mullen's book, too. 
Oh, really? I really need it after this week of traveling to get my stuff right. You know what? That is the best part because feeling your best starts with what you eat. Yes. And Saqqara helps you not just live a healthy, balanced lifestyle, but it's also delicious. It's plant-rich meals, functional wellness essentials. It builds a foundation, but it also does. It helps you get back on track and they're ready to eat meals. So you don't have to think about it. Sakara is a wellness company anchored in food as medicine. And it's on a mission to nourish your body through the power of plants. It really does it all for you, which is Yeah, and it's also my, delicious. <laughs> yeah, that's me. Well, I was going to say like, the taste is number one. Number two in a close second is the ease of it. Yes. Just it's, getting it delivered. Yeah. Knowing chef that like crafted breakfasts, lunches, dinners with plant-based ingredients that boost your energy, support your digestion, really helps me get back on track post illness. Yeah. And it really does make your skin glow. Not going to lie. <laughs> And it just comes straight to your door. What's not to like? Guys, Sakara's received rave reviews from Vogue, Goop, The New York Times, and me, Busy Phillips, for years, <laughs> even before they advertised on the podcast. And Jenny right Mullen. Now, and Jenny Mullen. Right now, Sakara is offering our listeners 20% off their first order when they go to sakara.com slash busy or enter code busy at the checkout. That's Sakara. It's spelled S-A-K-A-R-A dot com slash B-U-S-Y. And you're going to get 20% off your first order. Sakara.com slash busy. <gasps> Theragun, Theragun, Theragun. You literally gasped at the beginning of the Theragun ad. <sighs> because I was so excited to talk about it because I love it so much. I love it so much. Theragun is like, you know, okay. one of my top best friends. This is a therapy <laughs> device. Yes. That releases your deepest muscle tension using a scientifically calibrated combo of depth, speed, and power, and it's very quiet. Like an electric toothbrush. Just um, like you know, an electric toothbrush. I fell in love with Theragun when we worked at Busy Tonight. Oh, and I know. They, they were I like, know. let us come by and Theragun your staff so that everyone can feel good. And it was, oh my God, I never wanted to leave that Theragun. Well, it's the best, it's the best thing. Whether it's like you're treating muscle tension from working out or you have an injury or just like honestly you sleep weird or you just have like stress and you, or you just tend your shoulders or your <laughs> butt. I don't know. <laughs> there is no substitute for the Theragun Gen 4. I'm like <laughs> I'm really into it. Yeah, it's so good. This whole podcast has been ta talking about like taking space and taking time for the uh -huh. things that you need and treating yourself right. And Theragun is, woo, it's a real investment in, in giving yourself what you need. Listen, I 
the new physical therapist that I'm seeing for my knee uses the Theragun. That's amazing. Theragun's also <clears throat> trusted by 250 professional sports teams like Real Madrid and elite athletes like Paul George, DeAndre Hopkins, Maria Sharapova, hundreds of thousands of customers, and both of us. I don't know who all those athletes are, but they- uh, I was I like literally good. like, I know who Maria Sharapova is. <laughs> her I know. Her I know. Okay. But anyway, guys, if you haven't tried Theragun, you must- Try Theragun for 30 days, starting at only $199 right now. Go to therabody.com slash busy, all lowercase. The busy is B-U-S-Y, all lowercase. And get your Gen 4 Theragun today. That's therabody, T-H-E-R-A-B-O-D-Y.com slash busy, all lowercase, therabody.com slash busy. You get to try it for 30 days. Try it. Just try it. So anyway, early days, early days of the internet. Yeah. Mike shows up a couple times. I think it was after the ear licking incident that I was like, do we have to have this guy back again? Right. And Mark was like, but everybody loves the photo booth. I was like, everybody does love the photo booth. I love the photo booth. But we don't love Should Mike. we buy a photo booth? <laughs> and Mark was like, how would we even do that? And so I went on a new site called eBay. <laughs> I remember Rosie O'Donnell is the person that told me about eBay. And you know who told me about first dibs? Who? Nate Burkus. Of course. Of course. Of course. Obviously. Talk about chic. Um, I went on eBay. And I found a vintage photo booth that was being sold, by, I don't know, by a business. It was by a, like, by a bar that was, like, yeah. going out of business. Yeah. And I bought it. Because it was the same price as writing. Yeah. Without yeah. the tongue licking. Right. I mean, the and ear then, licking. I mean, the ear licking was <laughs> unacceptable. And so then it traveled in a giant crate. Sure. From wherever it was, the middle of the country somewhere. Yeah. To much like your fireplace, I imagine, except without the community of support rallying around <laughs> it. Um, and just me paying some shipping company sure. to ship it to there us. Was, there was no spirit behind it. There was no. There was no spirit behind it. So they ship it to Mark's house at the time. We weren't, yeah. we're not married yet. And it's, and that's, and it, like, I remember when it showed up and we were just like, oh, <laughs> no, what did we do? What the fuck did we do? This is uh. insane. This giant, like, it came with its own, what are those things called? Like trolleys, you oh, know, like, like a dolly? Like a dolly, but like, for heavy machinery. Oh, sure. A forklift. <laughs> yeah, like its own little mini forklift. Yes. Oh my like God. not like a like a manual forklift. Yes, Whoa. exactly. Whoa. And which by the way, I think that got left in LA. That mini <laughs> that that device. Oh, it was bummer. useful. Let me yeah, tell you something. Of course. So 
and it was like, I mean, it, and it was like ugly. I mean, just yeah. all of it was just an interesting choice. Yeah. As a 26 year old. Um, but we like loved it, you know? And so then we, but then we realized, well, we need somebody to service it because right. it's a vintage photo booth that has chemicals and all this stuff. And so I find this service company and make an appointment and like, it's like, okay, you're going to need monthly service. And like, um, they've actually stopped making that or Polaroid or whoever used to make Kodak or whoever made the paper stopped making it. But, um, this one company like has all of it. Like they took all of the Backstock, the dead back stock, stock yeah. the dead stock. And so they have got it. And so when you want it, we have to get it from this company, whatever. And I'll be there like in three weeks to like check it out and blah, blah, blah. It's fucking Mike. Mike shows up. Oh, no. <laughs> no. It's Mike. Yeah. No. Yes. And at this point, I'm just like, okay, well, you're supposed to be in our life, sir. So welcome. Um, so then... Then Mark and I get married and we moved into my house and he sold his house and we moved the photo booth into the garage, I think, of my of the house that I was living in at the time, yeah. the house that bankrupted me, bankrupted me. This is all about my financial woes, guys, yeah. today. Today's episode is about my fina- my bad financial decisions. About splashing out. <sighs> By the way, like burning. that house, that house that I then sold to another actress that I had bought from an actress right. who had purchased it from an actress. Um, that house is literally like, even with all of the price inflation and everything that's happened in Los Angeles, like that house, I think you could buy it today for like exactly what I bought it for you know what I mean like it has not appreciated in value because it's like so specific and the area wasn't great and it's just like wasn't it just was a terrible investment Mark's house that he sold when we got married and moved in to my house because I had just bought my house at like the height of the market market before it crashed in 2008 Mark's house I weirdly, you know, just keep looking, not weirdly, I've been looking at real estate in Los Angeles like nonstop just all the time now, you know, in the last few weeks, Um, mostly just to torture myself. But uh, like where Mark's house was, I know what he sold his, he bought that house in like the late 90s, early 2000s. Yeah. For not like nothing. Yeah. Then sold it. And made a huge, like, made a huge amount of money when he sold it. Uh huh. And now it's literally appreciated in value. Like the, those houses right there, where in his neighborhood, there's a house on the street that he had his house on. It's like, so let's say, so he sold it probably like 15 years ago. I would say, so 15 years is a long time. It's like three million dollars up. Three oh my million. God. He bought it I'm for. Like- for nothing. Less than yeah. a million. Yeah. <laughs> like, it's like, like, it's crazy. Wh- if he had just fucking done what he wanted to do and what he told me <laughs> we should do. But, <clears throat> but, 
boy. But anyway, what's the wait. value of listening to to the person you're about to marry? Exactly. Maybe it's worth three million dollars. Who knows? Uh-huh. Making okay. them making them happy. <sighs> okay. So um <laughs> anyway. So photo booth. So yeah. then or was the photo booth in the house? No, I don't think it was. No, it was in the basement or in the like garage. The garage. So then I get pregnant with Birdie like immediately. Yeah. We realize there's no way we can stay in this ridiculous house that I've purchased <laughs> for many reasons, the largest of which is that there was no like room for a baby. <laughs> It's just so stupid. That was so stupid. Also, it was like treacherous stairs and tile that was super slippery. Sure. That like, I mean, it was not great. So that's when we found Whitley. Yeah. We looked at houses for like a long time. We found Whitley. And as soon as I walked in, you know, I knew it was my house. Yeah. And we bought it. So then did some work to it, like redid the kitchen and did some bathrooms because, you know, I can't. Yeah, I can't not, leave it. Yeah. Can't just move in. Right. Got to make it your own. Someone needs to tell me I need to stop doing that because. <laughs> I, I was actually thinking you. that. I was actually thinking that last night when I was in the new house. Yeah. Um. I was looking around at it and I was like thinking about what it needed. And then I was like, what are you doing? Stop. Yeah. You don't even want to live in New York. <laughs> you're going you're gonna to be here like as long as Girls 5 Eva is going. Right. And then you're going to get the fuck out of here. Stop it. Stop making this your own. Just live with it. <laughs> I think it's hard because you like you enjoy doing that. Like you enjoy making something over and like, you know, so it's, it's hard to just. Yeah. I also enjoy not having like notifications from my credit card company. You know what I mean? But yeah. All I'm saying is that like, I've looked online, like, you know, I'm not a DIYer. No, that's true. And I was even thinking because we're like, we need, we really do at some point we will do it. Like when we have, when I get another job or <laughs> get more money. Yeah. Like we really need a carpet runner. Yeah. On the stairs. Poor Gina has tripped like four times because she just slips on the stairs, you oh, know? Oh, yeah. And we refinished the floors in the house, but we didn't do the stairs because we're going to do a carpet runner. We have like an estimate and we picked out the right. carpet, but it's like so fucking exorbitantly expensive. Yeah. And then I was looking online and I was like, could I do this by myself? And the answer is no. <laughs> Someone could, but just it's, not for you. It's not for you. It's not for her. So anyway, <laughs> we get Whitley. We yeah. do work on it. I'm slowly getting bigger and bigger and bigger. Yeah. The clock is ticking. This baby's coming. We need to move into this fucking house before I pop bird out. Right. Okay. So then it's like, finally, everything is like mostly done. They still need to like do touch up painting and some like finishing work, but it's all going to be fine. Right. And we move, start to move our furniture in. Yeah. 
Like some of Mark's stuff has been in storage. The stuff that was in my house is moving over. It's like a lot to organize. Yeah. And then it's the photo booth. (laughs) And the moving company comes over, you know, and sees the photo booth. And they're like, so we're going to need a crane. Right. And we're going to have to take out this giant window in your house. Yeah. The picture window in your house. We're going to have to remove it. So we're going to need to hire a glass company to come remove the picture window, then come back, you know, and then and stay there for the day while we move the photo booth in uh, with the crane and then remove and then replace the picture window. And you're going to need your waterproofers there as well because we want to make sure. I was like, are you fucking kidding me? Okay. (laughs) Then the contractor is like, well, we need to make sure that the joists in the floor where we're going to put this photo booth are strong enough because Whitley had, you know, a guest house underneath it. Right. And also like a basement. We had a basement in that house. So it, so like, then it was like about establishing the floor joists and making sure. Right. This this whole thing to get this photo booth into the home. Photo booth, like the crane comes, the whole neighbor, again, like you said, the whole neighborhood come, came out. <laughs> like, what are these new people doing? What are they hoisting in to their home? Right. So... We had that photo booth in the living room and, you know, we serviced it. We kept it up and the chemicals were weird. Sometimes they would smell. Sometimes I was like, this is probably not the best thing. And at a certain point, Mike ceased to be the only game in town. Right. And there was this, and we found, it was when we were doing Busy Tonight, Ray, found another like photo booth company. Photo booths became en vogue. Right. They actually like became a thing because, yeah, you know, because you ahead of our time. the industry. <laughs> <laughs> and this is a 44 minute story about a fucking photo booth, guys. I'm so sorry. <laughs> I gotta, I'm, should I just quit? Is this, what am I doing? Should I Well, continue? now you gotta just finish. Right. Anyway, this guy comes and he looks at it and he's like, why did you guys decide to keep these chemicals and everything? And we're like, what do you mean? And he's like, well, it could just all be digital. We're like, well, we like the way that it looks, blah, blah, blah. And he's like, yeah, 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 I get it, I get it. All right, well, you'll let me know if you ever move so I can come and take apart the whole thing and you can like move it out easily and move it back in. And I was like, I'm sorry, what? Uh, <laughs> could have just carried it right up the stairs piece by piece. Yeah. Yes, Casey. <sighs> yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, anyway, uh, we didn't end up even taking it. We left it. You left it as part of the deal. Do you miss it or were you over it? Well, here's what I'll say. I hope that the people like it and use yeah. it in the way that we did, which was that like, I think they, I I have I I heard I heard I heard a rumor that they maybe took it out of the living room and like I don't know the guy put it in his office 
somewhere oh, else. Okay. Which is a bummer because I really have such an incredible record of like yes, the Everyone first 10 that years. Was, yeah, yeah. Yeah. I mean, and I it's know. like my it's kids kind of have like, so many photos from that photo booth. Yeah. But it's also like people, I would ask people to leave them too. It wasn't yeah. just like, like obviously anyone could use it when they came over. Yeah. But it's like, I mean like crazy, you know, just like crazy cool people who yeah. were at random parties and dinner parties. There was like period of time before I knew you where there were lots when Birdie was a baby, where we would have just these like insane dinner parties. Yeah. Because I would just put Birdie to sleep. Right. And then. And then, yeah. Have well, the and then I would have to go up there like seven times. times. Yeah. But, yeah. you know. <laughs> um, but, you know, and, and so like I know that these people had a baby when they moved in or be, I don't know before. So whatever. They have a new kid. I mean, I guess this baby's like a toddler now, but, um, you know, like I, I look back, I found some of the photo booth pictures when we moved into the new house and like just getting to see baby birdie in the photo booth with like Mike White or something Uh, like random or like, you know, just like. Just who was there. Just whoever was there at the, you know, and it was. I don't know. It's really, it was really, it's like a fun record to have. I mean, I guess also, guys, people didn't have iPhones. Right, right. I guess that's like the bigger thing that I'm not even remembering. Yeah, it's so funny. People always ask me, like whenever I tell stories about when my kids were little or whatever, they're always like, oh, I hope you have a video of that. And I'm like, yeah, there wasn't really, we didn't have that. Like when my older son was born, I was given a beeper by the hospital to beep my husband if he needed to meet me at the hospital. A beeper. That's amazing. (laughs) Okay, Busy's opening her nasal swab. I think we should do it, guys. Yeah, do it. I just took a test in the parking lot of Target the other day because... I flew from my retreat. Busy doesn't even have to look at the instructions, by the way. She knows the whole process so well for taking the nostril COVID test. Um, Yeah, I took one in the Target parking lot because I just flew from Minnesota to Cape Cod to visit my mom. And I've been on so many planes and no one has a mask on. No one has a mask on in the airport. So I took a test. How's that making you feel? Nervous, you know. And like nervous, and then I'm just like, oh gosh, like I'm thinking like if there's an explosion of COVID because of like undoing the mask mandates or whatever, or mask suggestions, um, I feel like there's not going to be a way to convince people to go back at this point. Oh, I think it's over. You're right. Yeah. So- you know, I really thought I was Matt Damon in Contagion. <laughs> like I really thought like that I had some inherent antibody that was like preventing me from getting this disease. But it's just um, like that article said, you just don't know enough people. 
to get it. No, that's not true. You know everyone. What? I've been expo- also I've been exposed like multiple times. Right. But you were you being know? you were being super careful and therefore yes. reducing the chances and you know, but there's still the chances, you know. Well, yeah. And then I realized like I know a ton of people who haven't gotten it yet. Right. Right. And all right, 15 minutes. She just put the drops in. Here's what I'll say. You know before 15 minutes, by the way. <laughs> Here's what I'll say. Like, I, you know, so here's my journey, my Cove's journey. Do you want to hear about it? Yeah. Well, not unconvinced that the leak by Justice Alito isn't the leading cause of me getting covid you think it just like your immune system was like, I'm going to bed. I think my immune system was like, yeah, like f- shut it down. <laughs> Get in bed. Shut shut it the fuck down. I, believe I think I Brene Browned myself. Yeah, I believe it, Biz. I, be- I believe because think of like every time you got through like school and it just seemed like you were like firing all on all cylinders. And then the second that it came to be like your semester break or whatever, you'd come down with something like. Okay. Relatable to me. <laughs> is getting that to a movie or. Every time yeah. I would do like, uh, like on Dawson's Creek. Without fail, without fail, yeah, I got sick either Thanksgiving break or Christmas break. Yeah. Like, sicker than I've ever been in my life. Yeah. But I was fine until then. Yeah. So just the second that, like, your work adrenaline shuts off, then all the germs that have been around you are like, we're coming in. Well, I... We had been exposed, and I already yeah. knew Birdie had it. You know? Yeah. I mean, the babysitter gave it to Birdie. Right. And I was, sorry, I don't mean to blow her spot up, but you know, <laughs> whatever. She's fine. Um, this is in Espanol. Oh, there's another sheet that's in English still inside the box, I bet. Mm-hmm. That's what ha- exactly what happened to me in the Target parking lot. Well, so the babysitter exposed both me and Birdie. Cricket and Mark were not exposed at all to the babysitter. So I have a really good feeling about this test right now. I'm just going to tell you. Okay. Fingers crossed. Just looking down at it. Fingers crossed. Um, But Birdie was most exposed. Right. I was secondly exposed. Got it. So, and we talked about it a bit on the podcast. Also, it was just so ironic that like Steve had been on the podcast. Talking about COVID. And I was like, feel like she's coming for us, whatever. And then she really came for me. She really came. She heard you. She She heard me taunting her. Can I tell you something busy? I thought for sure that I had it too, like coming, but I, it's just that. Every time I'm around people now, like outside of my house, 
even fully masked. And like, I do a lot of weird behaviors that I'm not even going to get into because there's no evidence that they protect you from COVID. I'm just doing them at this point because it's like my ritual to like fend it off. But every like time, what? like what do you do? Like what do you do? Like I use iodine to swab things off, and like I usually like swab my nose with iodine, like before I'm gonna be like on a set or in a plane for a long time. Okay. Um, and just like the hand washing and wiping everything down, which I know, like they've literally called it COVID theater, whatever, whatever. But every time I'm around people, I get like two cases of pink eye. Uh, a sore throat, a headache. And I think it's just like, it's never been COVID. I've never had a positive test, knock on wood so far. But oh, just okay. like well, being wait, around I, people makes my uh-huh. eyes fucking turn pink and like infects mm-hmm. my mucus membranes somehow. Here's what I would like to say to everyone, because I was you. <laughs> you fucking know when you got COVID. <laughs> it sucks so hard. It is sinister in your body. Yeah. It is, it feels like your bones are breaking from the inside out. Oh, Lord. It feels like someone has put one of those things on your head and is turning the crank and making it tighter and tighter and tighter. And any second, your head is about to pop like a grape. (laughs) Oh, God. It feels like you are literally insane. I know. And nothing makes sense. Uh, And all you can do is sob. Yeah, that's bad. For like two days. For like two, or for like a month for some people. Yes. And that, I was thinking about that and I was like, oh my fucking God. Whoa. Like (laughs) if I had to, I don't know what the fuck I would do. If you had it for so long. I did not take any medicine. Right. COVID medicine. Right. I was not above calling multiple doctors <laughs> to ask about it. I didn't, I wasn't, I'm of the mindset, you know me, look at it. I've got like all my fucking supplements and all my yeah. shit. I, I wasn't of the mindset that I should take it. Right. But I just wanted to know because I literally felt like I was like close to death. <laughs> Like, yeah, I know so you were really sick. I was really, really fucking sick and so, really in like insanely out of it. So I if, talked to my doctor in LA, who I love. I talked to my guy here, who I love, who is the one that, you know, the bacterial intestinal yeah. got me yeah. the CAT scan and everything. Yeah. And, you know... <sighs> They both basically, and then my, and then my publicist, Ala here, talked to a like close friend of hers who's an emergency care doctor right. here, um, who all said like kind of a version of the same thing, which is that like if you can make it through without taking 
the anti-COVID drugs, you yeah. should because you want your antibodies to build up and you want your body to fight it right. completely. Right. That they had started to see cases with the one drug. And again, guys, I'm not a doctor. Talk to your own doctors. I talked to three. Um, What's it called? The Paxlovid. drug. Paxlovid. Paxlovid. They've started to see with Paxlovid what they're calling these like rebound cases of COVID. Right, right. Which is that people get better and they test negative and either get a new infection of COVID right. or it's the same COVID that like comes back. Right. And then it's like kind of worse. Ugh. And I wondered, because I just saw that Colbert just tested positive again. Oh, shoot. Yeah. After being negative. And I wondered, I'm sure he took Paxlovid because Maybe. I do feel like yeah. that's a thing that people were yeah. Well, doing. people that are like hosting multi-million dollar TV shows and right. they're telling and they're you like, you have to get back on TV as soon as possible. Yeah, probably. Yes, exactly. That was my point. Probably. Um, So that was the... So my doctor here was like, I'd like to get you the prescription, like waiting. In, in case you start <laughs> to pass away. If Yes. If you need it, yeah. we want to keep you out of the hospital. Right. But if you can like make it another 24 hours, I think right. you're going to like turn a corner. And then when that happens, then you don't need to take this drug and oh it's actually going to be better for you. Okay. And that's so, a mild case, guys. That's like what would be considered, I guess, a mild case. Yes. Well, this is what I'm saying. Like, is that people keep saying like, I mean, it's just like a cold or a flu, blah, 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 blah. I mean, those have to be people who haven't had it. Right. Right. Because everyone now that I like, I've talked to Robin Shore. I've talked to like all my friends who've had it recently. Yeah. And every one of us felt the same, which is that like, like when Steve said he knew that it was COVID. Yeah, that it just felt it's different. unmistakable. It is right. unlike any illness I've ever had. And you know, she's had them all. Right. <laughs> so it it was like, you do not fucking want this. Right. Like, it was horrible. Like, yeah. it was like actually horrible. And the worst part too or one of the worst parts was that we were all in this house together. Right. And by the time I started to feel like terrible, terrible, Mark had gone down. Oh no. So I tested, so I tested positive. So after we finished the podcast last week, right. I literally was like, we finished it. And I was like, something's not right with me. Like I feel I started to feel like, like head cuckoo, like yeah. couldn't yeah. focus. Like it was just yeah. weird. Something was off. I called Mark and he's like, well, since Birdie already has it, like here, instead of staying here at Casa Kismet, he's like, just come back here. Right. Like come back to the family home because, you know, when I had the bacterial thing in my gut and I was right. the only one that had it, I stayed, at, stayed Casa at Casa Kismet in case right. it was COVID because right. I didn't want to give it to the whole family. Right. But he was just like, don't stay by yourself. Like come right. home because at least we're all here. But by the time 
I started to feel really bad Wednesday morning. I tested positive as soon as I got home. Yeah. Like I, and as Wednesday morning, I started to feel really bad. And by that point, Mark, we already had decided like Cricket was not going to school. Right. Because why am I right. not doing that to people? Right. And Birdie hadn't gone to school since Friday. So right. Cricket did go Monday and Tuesday. But then we kept Cricket home from like Wednesday. But Cricket and Mark didn't test positive until Saturday. Oh, my gosh. But they like we and we were not I like Bertie and I were isolated in our own rooms. Right. But like. It's just hard. It's hard. It's I mean, hard it's to isolate. Hard. Yeah. Unless you're yeah. like, yeah. And also like poor Cricket was like the last one standing Aww. and is eight years old. Yeah. So like. She's not making her own mac and cheese. You know what I mean? Oh, my God. But so many kids have been in that position. I've heard of so many kids, like like little kids. I think someone I knew, the mom and dad both got it, and, like, a 12-year-old was left to, like, fetch everything for them and, and try to stay negative, and what a nightmare. But that's I mean, why— I'm so paranoid just to be like, um, because, you know, we're saying like a mild case you had and mild was not mild at all. I mean, whatever. Like if I get sick, like I don't want to get sick. That wouldn't be good for me. But I just am so paranoid of having an asymptomatic case and getting someone else sick. Because like there's so many people I do want to kill, like in theory, but... I don't want to kill anyone with COVID accidentally. If, I, if I'm going to kill someone, I want it to be intentional in my choice, a victim. I mean, I felt so stupid yesterday and today, like walking over to Casa Kismet wearing a mask like on the street. But I just am like, what are the, what's the, op- like, I can't, I, yeah. I, I feel the same way. Like, yeah. I don't want anyone to have this at all. I saw Katie Storino from like 15 feet away and I was like, uh, don't come any closer. Oh my I've, God. I'm I'm pretty much better, but I don't I don't even know if I'm negative yet. Okay. So here's the here's the disappointing news. Mm. But the line is faint. A faintly positive test. I thought it wasn't gonna pop up, but it popped up. Well, That's maybe tomorrow. It's a fucking bummer. Oh, so you're just stuck. Stuck for how how are Mark and Cricket? How far along are they in their journey? Well, it's interesting. Yeah, so Cricket's Cricket had one day. Yeah. Saturday, I think, where she had a low-grade fever and was cranky. Yeah. And then was fine. Okay. <laughs> like, thank God. I was yeah. very concerned, you yeah. know? And Mark um, is Mark is like he's his thing is weird. Cause he's like he was never like me, you yeah. know, like where I was like down yeah. <laughs> for the count. But <clears throat> I think he's just fight I think he's just continuing to fight it. Hmm. He just feels like at different parts during the day, at different points during the day, he's like, 
oh, I don't feel good. My head hurts really bad. Yeah. Ugh. Ugh. It's not over, everyone. It's not over. But, but I'm bird sorry is, that I'm I, bird is negative now. Negative for two days okay. and like totally a hundred percent back to normal. Well, maybe you'll be <clears> negative <throat> tomorrow because I feel like bird was positive for two days before you. And so if they tested negative two days ago, maybe tomorrow you'll be no line. Fingers yeah. crossed just, for no line. I just texted Mark and he said, yeah, one more day. You know. <sighs> yeah. <sighs> it's a lot. terrible. Yeah. <clears throat> it's, it's a lot. This episode of Busy Phillips is doing her best is brought to you by the new Showtime original comedy series, I love that for you. Joanna Gold's dream is to become a home shopping channel star no matter what it costs, be it her dignity, self-respect, or sense of right and wrong. She lands the job determined to redefine herself, but finds the road to stardom is not quite as seen on TV. She's equally intimidated by a boss who eats careers for breakfast, played by the hilarious and amazing Jennifer Lewis, and infatuated with her idol, the unstoppable superstar host, played by SNL legend and my friend, Molly Shannon. Caught off guard, Joanna slightly blows it on live TV and then sells a whopper of a story to keep her job. That little white lie snowballs into a network-devouring avalanche, and she has to learn the difference between selling herself and selling out. Starring the hilariously awkward or awkwardly hilarious Emmy nominee and SNL veteran and my friend, Vanessa Bayer. I love that for you. Streaming now, only on Showtime. You guys, watch it. for Father's Day, frame bridge for Father's Day, frame bridge for Father's Day. <laughs> that I was, mean, I think we did it. That I actually think we did it. The best jingle you've ever, ever done. composed on the spot. But I'm so excited for frame bridge for Father's Day. It's really the perfect thing for your dad. And dads are hard to buy for or for the dad in your life. Well, I love frame bridge for Father's Day. Dads are impossible to shop for. I think that most of them are more sentimental than you think. Yes, I think you're right. And so yeah. why Framebridge is perfect is because you can just take something that you know that he likes or maybe even already has and put it in a nice frame so that he can display it. Yeah, I love it. Go to framebridge.com. You upload your photo or they'll just send you packaging to safely mail in your physical pieces. You can preview your item in dozens of frame styles and gallery wall layouts even. And you can choose your favorite on your own or you can get free recommendations from their designers. I, in New York City, because if you're in New York, D.C., Atlanta, Philly, Boston, or Chicago, I have gone into the Framebridge store and Amazing. I've worked with a designer in person. I'm so envious. But and it used, and guess what? Used my code oh, yeah. in person. You can use the code in person or online. 
to get 15% off your first order. And by the way, like we're not just talking photographs or like canvases or you can like a sports jersey. If your dad likes a sports jersey, Mm -hmm. if your dad has his Mm -hmm. dad's pipe that he smoked or whatever, they can Mm -hmm. frame that. They can literally frame almost anything. Oh, they can. They put like in a little shadow box. They can put it in like a little shadow box. So anything, just go into wherever your dad, his workshop or his office or wherever, or your husband or whoever, your partner, and just steal something that they have laying around that that you know they love and send it off to FrameBridge and they'll frame it up for you. I like actually think that's a genius idea, Casey. <laughs> Guys, we're into it. Get started today. Frame your photos. Send someone the perfect gift. Maybe your dad. Maybe your daddy. <laughs> maybe. <laughs> maybe your kid's dad. Maybe yourself. Yeah. Go to framebridge.com and use promo code OURBEST. And you're going to get 15% off your first order when you use our special code. Just go to framebridge.com, promo code OURBEST, framebridge.com, promo code OURBEST. How was your Mother's Day with your mom? It was good. I mean, that's why, yeah, I hadn't seen my mom in like over two years. That's a weird situation. We'd certainly had Zooms and things like that over the time, but not so often because that's kind of hard. And she's been super careful. Like she's skipped a number of family things where she probably could have gone just because, you know, not everybody is vaccinated. Not everybody is like on the same page. And she's like, you know, I don't want to have like two more events, two more family events, like go to one. And then the next thing's my funeral, which I totally understand because she's older and has health issues. So that's why, but it was really hard. Cause like by the time I like had been on several planes and like got here to her, like she was kind of like, I don't care. I don't, you know, and I was like, I do. So like, I've been completely masked the whole time. Everything I've done with my mom, except for like eating outside. Um, we've been masked and like, she really wanted to, um, she really wanted to stay together. She wanted me to like stay in her place. And I was like, no, I'm going to stay in a hotel because I just don't even want to be like, you know, well, like you said, you guys were separated from your family and still somehow passed it along. So, and it's just like, it's not even like, it's just little things like not thinking like, you know, you just accidentally left a door open or whatever, or you forgot to put a mask on or somebody picked up something that you had gotten your germs on. I don't know. I don't, I mean, obviously we don't know exactly how we're transmitting it. I mean, we do, but you know, you can't think of like the moment that the germs went in your body is what I'm saying, you know, because if we, when I read that leaked letter, Exactly. Exactly. So I just, I can't be, I, and so even though I was very sad to be like, no, mom, I'm going to stay in a hotel. Um, you know, but that's just what I've done. So it's been like weird. It's weird to like hang out with your mom all weekend after, after two years of not seeing each other and like wear a mask the whole time in the car and like drive around fucking freezing cold Cape Cod with the windows down. 
Ugh. with masks well, on. <laughs> but windows, it's been- window, heater on, windows down, kind of yeah. my favorite vibe. Of yeah, all time. yeah. Just but, but, you know, it, it was nice. Mm-hmm. It was good to see her. And I'm glad that I came, even though I never want to go on so many airplanes again in my life. I think it's too many airplanes to get to places like Cape Cod. Yeah, that's what, well, that's why I drove from Providence, Rhode Island, because I'm like, I'd rather. P-Town. Isn't that what they call it? <laughs> well, I no. think that Mark's favorite Province restaurant in town. the world. Oh, Province Town. Cape Cod. Yes. Mark's favorite restaurant in the world is which one? The Lobster Pot on Province No, town? no. No. Oh. Is it a restaurant in Providence, Rhode Island? I don't know. <laughs> all of these I, places, I don't know. all of New England is one place to you, maybe. Yeah, obviously, you know that. <laughs> but we did I don't to- understand states so close together. You know this. Yeah, it's I all too small. I do not understand like, the East they, Coast. <laughs> things have arms and yeah, it's a lot. But we did go to Provincetown. Like my mom lives in Hyannis, which is at the beginning of Cape Cod, like the armpit of the arm. And then Provincetown is all the way down on the like fist at the end of the arm. And um, we did go there yesterday to look at some little foxes that were- um, living in like a public works building, uh, which I posted one on my Instagram. And then we tried to go. That to one this. was so cute. Wasn't it so cute? That's been the theme of the week as foxes for me, because there were foxes in Duluth, Minnesota, running around on the dunes of Lake Superior. I, you know, maybe you don't know this, but I have a giant fox tattooed on my arm because I love foxes so much. Are you saying that to me? No, to people listening. Oh, I know. Okay. Because I know. Yeah, you've I, seen I, it. I <laughs> I do know that. I but, think I'm ready for another tattoo. Are you? Yeah. Uh, yeah. Well, you got to think of what you want. Um, yeah. So foxes everywhere. And then we tried to go, even though it was freezing cold, I tried to go to this ice cream place that I love, Lewis Brothers. And I was very insulted that it was closed. But also, I understand that it's not really like Cape Cod season. And why would they be open on a Monday afternoon? But still. I was I was really salty about it for a minute, but you know, it's it it is what it is. It was a masked mom weekend. Um, but I'm glad I finally got to see my mom and I hope that uh you know, I don't know. I hope that we figure shit out so that I can see my mom more because like fucking time, man, right? It's not real. What is it? But it keeps going by. Well, yeah. I had kind of a weird Mother's Day. Did you? Yeah. Because you were sick or because? I don't know. This has also COVID has made me very emotional. Yeah. I posted that on my stories and so many people said, yes, they got, they've been, when they had COVID or they currently, like a lot of people, yeah. a lot of people that I know reached out and were like, oh my God, I just got it. Oh my yeah. God, I have it right now. Um, and have they all agreed that they've been, that it made them super emosh? That makes and, sense because I think there's, well, I think it's so loaded, right? We have so much that we've been going through the past couple of years. But also, it makes sense to me because in my days in the nursing home, um, anyone that had, uh, a stroke any any resident that had suffered from a stroke usually was became much more emotional than they had been so i'm wondering if it has to do with like 
the way that these things like act on our brains and like our abilities to regulate our emotions and well, like, you know, how people in the planes cry. That's what I was going to say that. But, you know, I 100% of the time when I'm really sick, know that I'm really sick because I start crying. Yeah. And sometimes because I go so much, go, go, go. Yeah. Um, the, that was how I knew the bacterial infection. Remember right. I, t- right. I told you yeah. like all of a sudden I just started like crying out of nowhere. Right. It's really such, and it has since I was little, little. Yeah. And then since I was, even when I was in my phase that I never cried, cause you know, you guys know about that, right? Yeah. Even then. Even then, as soon as I, as soon as an illness overtakes my bod, I start hysterically crying. Oh, no. I know. But Mother's Day was like hard and weird. And I ended it like sobbing alone in my bed. Um, And I was trying to like, the next day, Mark and I were talking about it, and he's like, well, what is it that you wanted? Right. And I was like, I don't know, but I didn't get it. And right. he was like, I got you flowers. Like, Cricket made you a card. Like, I ordered brunch for you, like, that I knew you would like. Like, and I... My friend was saying to me when I I was texting with him and I was like, I can't stop crying. Like, I can't stop crying. Oh, no. See, now I'm going to cry again. And he was like, it makes sense. Like, you're mourning so much. And we all are, you know. Yeah. And on Mother's Day, like, I guess I just acutely felt the like I don't have babies anymore. Yeah. I don't have kids that are little and need me in that way that only like a little kid needs their mom, you know? Right. And I don't know why I, maybe because I had been so sick or whatever. And I was, I don't even know. I was wanting like a thing that I've never had. That's never existed in our family. Right. Which was like, them cuddling me on the sofa, like all watching a movie. Like, you know what I right, mean? Like some right. version or like playing a board game together all to, you know, like all of us. Right. And it, I don't know. Like I, I think I like write these stories in my head of what things should look like. And then when it's anything other than that, it's hard to see 
the greatness of what that is, you know? Right. Yeah. And like how special some of the things are. Yeah. Like even like Birdie making this TikTok about reproductive rights. Right. You I know, saw that. the day before Mother's Day and coming down to show me like so proud. Right. They sometimes, you know, Birdie will go up into their room and they're just like making TikToks and Birdie's so <laughs> funny. Like, like 95% of them are just like drafts. Like, <laughs> right. Like the kid doesn't post them. You know right. what I mean? They just right. like do them. Like right. they, they did the whole Lizzo dance. Well, like uh, never posted it, you know, uh, I was yeah. like, and then did it for me just live. And I was like, this is amazing. But like that kind of stuff, it's like, I don't see like those moments and those things with my kids. Sometimes I allow to like miss me for what it really is, which is like right. us having this this is how we, this is how we like have love in with each other. It's not like some weird idea from a sitcom from the 80s, which is like, I guess just programmed in my head, you know, of like what a family looks like and what a mom is supposed to be. Right. What you're supposed to do. And what I'm supposed to do and how they were supposed to, like, treat me on Mother's Day. Like, I was like, (laughs) and by the way, the whole house is fucking sick, you know? Right, right. But I was, like, laying in bed, like, waiting. Like, waiting for the kids to, like, come in with, like, what? Like, a Cheerios commercial? (laughs) Like, it's so fucking stupid. Birdie woke up at... 12.30 12.30 p.m. Came downstairs and we got into a fight about Amber Heard and Johnny Depp. Oh, And Lord. then like, <laughs> well, don't even get me started. I can't. I'm, I'm not going to get you started on that. But I think, I think that, the, and this is something that I felt a million times. Like this Mother's Day for me, it wasn't like my Mother's Day. And, you know, my kids texted me and my husband texted me and there were social media posts, which were so nice, but like, I wasn't even checking for it. I just felt like it wasn't even my mother's day. It was like for my mother, I wasn't with my kids or whatever. And, um, last night that, you know, we're just like making arrangements for me to come home and everybody's like, where do you want to go for mother's day? And I was like, no, nowhere. I want to go nowhere. I want to sit home and drink seltzer and just like, stare at the wall. I don't want to go anywhere. Um, so maybe next year, (laughs) but, but all that's really nice. But I was going to say, I've been in this situation for like birthdays or Christmases that didn't go the way, like we celebrate Christmas in my family, but there have been ones that are just kind of, you know, where it feels like, it feels like you're not doing the thing that you imagined it would be like. And I think it's like, you're right. We are so programmed by things that we see to think that we want, you know, and like, even when you were talking about earlier, like throwing legendary parties and like getting ideas from Martha Stewart and, you know, wanting your life to be like that magazine, to look like that magazine and to look like that blog. And now we have so many more examples of like how our life could look. 
Yeah. And it gets really, it gets really overwhelming. It's a lot. It's overwhelming. There's so many things you're supposed to do. Like when I'm reading and they're like, you just need to meditate five minutes a day and you need to exercise one hour a day and you need to eat fresh food foods, nutritious foods three times a day. And then you need to like- Oh my God. And you have to drink 78 ounces of water. (laughs) 78 ounces of water. And like you should also read and you should also have a deep conversation with everyone in your family. And like, I'm like, what? The day is gone. Like the- me just like the first two things on the list would take up my whole day. The first three things. And so I think it's- It's a lot. And there's a lot of examples of like how we're supposed to be that really like they do look good. They do look good because they wrap up in a timely manner. That's what's like so great about TV shows is like they they give you an example of like what your life could be and it all wraps up neatly in an hour or half an hour And like in a magazine, you just turn the page and you're on to like the next beautiful example of what your life could be. But it's really difficult. And I think it's okay to mourn the things that you expected that didn't happen. I really do think it's okay. I think you have to. I think it's okay to like be sad and say like, yeah, that's never going to be that's never going to be what we are. And like I you expect it, you know, it's like. People that picture, there are girls that picture their wedding, their whole... I did too. I had like this whole thing like torn out of a magazine from when I was like literally 15 years old. Right. By the way, my wedding was like not far off. (laughs) So you didn't have to mourn that. But so many people like have this vision in their mind. And I think... No, but I have a lot to mourn after it, you know? Right. As as young women, like, I, I don't know that I've ever heard uh, a man talking about, like, this is the wedding I always dreamed of my whole life. They're just not, like, they're not programmed like that. You know what I mean? But I, I'm sure men mourn things that maybe they're just not talking about. So I think it's okay. And I think it's okay to be sad about, like, a Mother's Day that didn't look like a sitcom, but then, you know, look at you. Like, you are you were sad about it on the day, and you were sick, and you were emotional, but now you're, like, thinking back about all of the great things and, you know, and the things that you probably didn't notice so much because they're so normal in your everyday life, and so they didn't stand out on Mother's Day, a day that felt like it should be special, should have something, like, special, some kind of ringing bells or some kind of, like, you know, maybe people bring you brunch in bed, but, you know, it, it's just these things like they they do. They fuck you up. They fuck you up. All of these programs that we're supposed to follow. And I wonder, like, so I'm reading Jenny Mullen's book. Yeah. City of Likes. Yeah. Which, guys, comes out. I told her she has to come on the podcast to talk about it because, you know, she has... I don't actually know the full story. I mean, I know what she's told me so far, which sounds insane. But like the journey of getting this book published seems bonkers. Oh, which also for somebody who has two New York Times bestselling books seems wild. Seems wild. Hmm. Like, but it seems like it's been a whole thing. Yeah, I want to talk to her about it. You know, I'm. 
obsessed with this book. I just, yeah. I was texting with her. I was talking to Casey about it before we started the podcast. But um, it's a, it's her first novel. And uh, it's about a woman who is a writer. Yeah. And like an unemployed writer and new to New York and like sort of falls in with an influencer with the influencer crowd like the mom <laughs> influencer crowd and yeah. and starts like living that life and you know I'll be totally honest because why would I be anything but and I would I mean Jenny and I say all these things to each other's faces most of them um but like I was like nervous that I would be I would feel offended or hurt by attacked. something in the book attacked <laughs> by something in the book just because I don't know like I it's hard I've I've felt judgment like for my online persona from people in the past and you know it's just it is what it is you yeah. know yeah but not only is there like it's not I, I'm like so obsessed with the book like there's no even if there's like, it, she's taking, it's everybody. That's the thing. Yeah. Oh, that's the thing. That's, that was my point. Was that like, it's not, it's not attacking me because it's literally all of us. Right. Like who, who have, and it, and not just influence, I'm not even, not even influencers. It's everyone. Right. Who's like in, especially this past almost, not quite decade yet, but like, you know, six-ish, seven years, like, really started to have, you know, show their lives online all the time, like, all the time. Right. And, like, what that kind of does to your brain. Right. And how you even look at situations in your own life that you're in and... You know, it's like if things like match up to the pictures or, you know, we're all kind of constantly judging ourselves and everyone else, right? Yes, yes. And and judging ourselves against everyone else and yeah. then passing judgment about whether or not we even think it's real, like the other people's depiction is real. It's so interesting, right? Because no matter what you do, no matter what you do online, in a way, it is a form of judgment. Because like yeah. so many people are post, you know, like everybody's almost influent, not everybody, but so many people are almost influencer ready. You can see, like you can see that people know how to pose in photos now. Like we've talked about on the podcast, like a thing that we never knew. Take out some Polaroids from the 1980s, the 1990s, just snapshots before digital cameras. People, regular people who weren't on red carpets didn't know how to pose for pictures online. Now it's like a thing. Like people know about ring lights and they know about contouring and they know how to like aim the camera to be in their best light and they know how to pose and like take a good picture. And that's like thanks to influencer culture, I think like 
it's and and also like looking at celebrity culture. But it's so funny because people do that and they're like either influencers or they're like, you know, aspiring to be influencers. But then there's other people who are like, hey, I'm not going to do all that. This is like a makeup free selfie to show you what I really look like and to show you like the background of my house is messy. And that's like a judgment on people that do the opposite, right? Correct. And then there are people that are like, sorry, I haven't been online. It's just I wanted to like spend my life like really living it and not posting here all the time. And then that's a judgment on like everyone else, you know? And then it goes back around into the circle of like the person that hit their light, hit their pose, had their partner or whoever take a really decent picture of them. And that's a judgment on everyone else being like, you know what? I get it. You're all busy, but I have the time to like look good and like create this aesthetic that people can enjoy in their photos. So, you know, so it's just like this circle of like, even if you don't intend to judge anyone, it's just a circle of, of judging everyone. Yeah. And I, that's exactly right. And I like, just in thinking about Mother's Day, like I found it very difficult to post anything for yeah, Mother's Day. Like sure. I couldn't, first of all, obviously because of what's happening in this country and like just the like reality of what forced birth and forced motherhood is. Right. And because it is already existing in this country, but that it is going to like exponentially get so much more intense and horrific. Right. It's not to say that people won't still get abortions, guys. We know they will. Right. I'm just saying very privileged and wealthy people. It's never going to be an issue for them. No, that's why I posted that. I posted so much abortion shit yesterday. I mean, I know it was good though. Everything you posted, <laughs> it was on the. I think was, it was on the View, quoting Liz Winstead. I know, that was great. Well, it's just like the other side has like tricked us into qualifying experiences, right? Rape and incest, right? Mother's life are, in danger. Fuck off. Which are bad, sure. but also like it shouldn't. You it's shouldn't, valid, but like everything's valid. Any any reason why valid. a woman needs to get an abortion, wants to get an abortion. Well, that's the thing. Like, what if you don't want to report that you were a victim of rape or incest? Like, that is this a free country? Are you allowed to like have that be private if you want it? That wouldn't be my choice, I don't think. But I don't know. You know, so I don't. Like, why do you have to qualify everything again? Because it just should be nobody's business why you're doing this and what the reason is. There's a reason. Just trust that there's a reason. It's fucking so stupid. And then, like, literally, I had seen that morning of Mother's Day, I had seen that piece of the document that, had been sort of overlooked initially, the domestic supply of babies. That was fucking chilling. That's like it's a chilling. science fiction novel. It's chilling Amy to the bone. Coney Barrett. Is that her name? Amy Coney Barrett says that. I just we call need, her fuckface. Is that <laughs> we need a domestic work? supply of infants 
so that people who want to adopt can adopt. Like talking about it like fucking cheese. Like cheese or imported olives or whatever. A domestic supply of corn. Like a domestic supply of infants. It's psychotic. That's I want to know what psychotic. the fuck is wrong with that lady. I want to get I want to go back. I want to go back in time. Yeah. I w- I really want I mean I'm going to just say something. A, she's kind of an idiot. So there's that. Yeah. There's Sometimes that. people are stupid. You yeah. know what I mean? Yeah. What and be? like she can't even say like but I'm street smart. Like no. You're you're just dumb. <laughs> You're fucking stupid. You know how to read a book and take a test. Good for you. You're a right. fucking idiot. Right. Um, I don't remember what B was. I don't. I, I just feel like her brains are poisoned. Like that's literally what a supervillain. Again, we're saying again. Literally, what a supervillain's plan in a movie would be to create a domestic supply of infants. What the I mean, actual is, fuck? You know, abortion activists. And I'm in all those circles, those calls. I get the fucking emails and the language to use and the language to avoid. And I know they really don't want the Margaret Atwood Handmaid's Tale shit. They don't like it. Um, I don't know what the reasoning is. Something. They have some reasoning for it. But like, holy shit. Yeah. Under his eye. Domestic supply of fucking infants. It's It's crazy insane and yeah and margaret atwood wrote that book for a reason for a prescient reason like she saw a potential future and you know here it is here here we are in uh not exactly the same i guess what is the reason that they don't want you to make that comparison just that people like think that it's too fantastical and fictional and they want us to talk about like real terms and what's really happening or I don't know that like, yeah, I think that that's all a part, a piece of it. Like the, it's not a, it's not a book or a TV show. It is real life. And these are real people whose lives are being affected. And I mean, in many instances, like, yeah, you know, lives are being lost. Yeah. I mean, I, you know, I, I think that it's difficult for me as like from a storytelling perspective, because I think that sometimes people can only understand things that they've seen. Right. With their own eyes. And so like, if that connects with somebody and makes them want to fight against it. Right. Then I don't see an issue in it. Right. But that's the reason a lot of art exists is to, you know, to put a visual to something that someone sees as a potential consequence of the way the world is. But I also understand the argument that like maybe it devalues the real experiences of real or it could feel like it devalues the real experiences of the real women in these states and counties who are facing the unimaginable. 
Yeah, I get that. Um, I get that too. I get that it pushes my buttons a little when I see the memes. Like I get it that, you know, I get it that it really does. It's starting to look a lot like The Handmaid's Tale, but I really hate like that meme where all the handmaids are sitting around in their red gowns and they're just like, but I didn't like Hillary or whatever, like, because it just reduces it to like a joke. And the person that made the meme or sent the meme really feels like they did something, like really feels like they said something. And it's like, we just become numb to like what's being said. And we're like, LOL, it's a joke. Like a meme is a joke, you know? So I get it. I I get it. Yeah. And I also like with another guy friend of mine, like had a conversation where he was like, um, I, I said I, I said something and then I was like, I don't know, but also like the world is on fire, so it's hard for me right now or something yeah. like that. Yeah. And he was like, right, but to be fair, like the world has always been on fire in one way or another. And I was like, yeah, see, I don't think you really understand what this is doing to me. Right, right. Like I actually don't think there's any way you could. right. Which then gives us perspective on all the times when we didn't see something, when the world was on fire for someone and we didn't see it. Yeah. And we never could understand it. But that was like, I mean, yes. And for me, that's always been the part where I don't understand how people don't get that. Right. Yeah. When people are like, everything will be okay. And I'm like, oh, Lord, you've been saying that for 10 years. Or when people say, like, it's the last dying gasp of old I white cannot, men. I cannot. I cannot. And I'm like, I can't. I can't. No, they're, they're making more. They make more. Yeah. Turns they make out. New. Turns <laughs> they out. Make- let, me tell you, let me tell you about some in fucking Birdie's class. Do you know right, what I mean? Right. Yeah. Like, when- they're, they're not all Eli's and Lincoln's, guys. <laughs> and I just want to say this to the moms at home of young boys. It's on you. It's fucking on you. It is. I'm sorry. Yeah. It's because it because it we can't even count no one else on, will do it. Yeah. No one else will do it. We can't count on the good guys that you're married to. I'm sure they're fine. They're as woke as they can be. Or maybe <laughs> they're not. But the but the fact is it's literally on you to like Birdie doesn't Birdie doesn't go up to their room and make that TikTok without lots of fucking conversations in the last almost 14 years. Right. About the world and our lives and justice and conversations, not lecturing, asking, what is it that you think? That was why the Amber Heard Johnny Depp fight was such a bummer. But maybe, maybe Birdie, (laughs) maybe Birdie will start to think critically. My point to Birdie was just that like, you got to stop. You got to stop like sort of um, glomming on to like what is being fed to you and be a little bit more critical. Right. Because number one, who fucking cares? I mean, sorry. It seems like a personal tragedy. Yeah. Okay. But yeah, it's a mess. It's But in the scope of what is important to focus on, you know, having like a woman's name trending for like three weeks with like villain attached to it is probably not 
where we need to be in this moment in right. time. Right. It's not what we should be focusing on. It's not what we should be focusing on. Right. And I like actually have no fucking patience or time for it. Right. Yeah. That's and been, I, like, that's been rough. It's rough. It's fucking rough. And if you're like listening right now and you're like, Johnny Depp innocent, you need to take a fucking beat and reevaluate your fucking priorities. <sighs> I'm sorry. You well, do. I think like everybody that's like super following it just sees that like all around it's been like it, it has been just a toxic time between the two of them. But I just feel like it's it's very, very toxic. And yeah. And I just it's so weird. It's because, a personal tragedy. Yeah. That's what it is. It's yeah. a personal tragedy. And everyone that's like he they they ruined she ruined his career. Guys. You think film fucking studios give a shit about shitty men? I'm sorry. In right. what fucking world? Right, right. No, yeah. they don't give a fuck that some B-level actress, like what they care about is made some, act, like said some things. What they care about is their bottom line. And if he wasn't making them fucking money and he was costing them money, bye. Any right. excuse, bye. right. And by the way, don't have not, to ask them twice. You're not saying that you're on team Amber Heard. I'm not. Either. I'm just, totally not yeah, saying that. It's just, yes, I just want to be clear because I know sometimes people listen to the first few words of something and then get real riled up. But yeah, we're just saying. And I have followed like celebrity trials in the past, but you know, I, this one has really hit home for me, just like, oh, this is not, it's just toxic all around and it's sad and it's a little sad, like how interested people are in it and like treating it like a sporting event a little bit. Well, they're like treating what, it, they're treating it like what it is, which is a distraction from reality. Right, right. And the reality right now is so fucking devastating right. for so many real fucking people. Yeah. I'm it, sorry that he lost his goddamn island. Do you know what I mean? Right. Like, let's just keep it in focus. And if that, this is what I'm saying. If you are a person who cannot keep the real shit in focus. Right. Then you need to take a step back and right. do some fucking digging. Right. What is it that is preventing you? Right. Sorry, I'm really no, I, this no. Is, this is Go. actually just this is my fight with Birdie. Just revisit it. I know what the um, I know what the answer is though. I actually have the answer. Tell it's me. Discomfort. It's discomfort. Yes. There's nothing sensational about paying attention to something sensational. Is um. It's alluring because it distracts you from things in your life that are actually uncomfortable. Mm -hmm. And it's very, um, it's very tempting because, mm -hmm. you know, you can look at these people that are supposed to be rich and beautiful and have no problems and they have been nothing but problems for each other. And mm -hmm. it's toxic, you know, yes. but they're still celebrities and someone lost an island. Someone lost a finger. Careers are being lost. I think it was the same person that lost yeah. the yeah. island <laughs> and the finger. And like, FYI. and you know, and there's all kinds of scandalous, like who they hung out with and who they socialized with and who turned a blind eye. And like, you know, and so I think those are things that it's very, very tempting to be drawn in by them, but there's nothing sensational about this 
abortion fight and all of these bans because they're just regular people like all of us who are— But also, are, like, the anti-trans le- legislation. I'm just— yeah. like, like, what is happening in this country, state by state, sweeping this country right. is nothing short of tyranny. Right, right. Period. Right. But— uh, and and also and also Casey, you know, fucking bitch contains multitudes. I am like a person who's like, let's care about bath bombs and abortion rights, whatever. Put right. them on a fucking t-shirt. All I'm, I I get it. I get the need for escape. I've been continuing to watch. What's that show called? That I liked Severance. Severance. <laughs> I made what I made it through one more episode. Wow, be proud to know. I'm almost done with this. I'm You're doing, doing you know, great. like I'm saying like there's, I, I get it. There is space to, yes. to, I know enough about the Amber Heard Johnny Depp trial to know that there was a finger lost in an island and some of the crazy shit, whatever. But when it becomes the focal, the when it becomes the main character on the internet. Right. Again and again and again and again and again, day after right. day after day after day. And people are like, spending inordinate amounts of time on it, that's when I'm like, we need to collectively take a step. Yeah. Sit with some discomfort of this time that we're in right now. Yeah. And like really start to critically think about how we're allowing ourselves to be distracted. Yes. Well, I can say this. I have not spent a great deal of time on the internet recently just because I have been more busy than I've been in a long time. But when I have been on the internet, I've really been giving that mute button a workout. And one thing that I want to say, which it's hard to say without sounding judgy, and I don't mean it to be judgy, but I will say this. I've been seeing a lot of people doing a form of like well, it's it's basically a form of online activism in favor of Johnny Depp and, and Amber Heard and or, you know, like taking a side and like basically cheering that team on. It's It equates to online activism. And um, I, I just want to like point out that it doesn't it won't change anything. It w- even if it could change anything, it would only change something for that one person who you're cheering on. But the truth is like the, the cards are already in play. And also like, it's, it's not going to change anything. You supporting one or the other of those people online, it's not going to change anything. And so it's, and I'm not even saying like you should stop doing it or whatever. I, I mean, like you should do whatever makes you happy or whatever feels good. I struggle to believe that that makes anyone happy or makes anyone feel good, but maybe it makes them feel something that they need to feel. But I just like, it's, it's weird. It's been a weird thing of me. Like, I just feel like I'm watching people playing a game that's already been played. That's already over, you know? And I'm just like, it's just such a fucking weird thing with everything that's going on. It's just Johnny Depp and Amber Heard has been weird. It's been weird. And it really, I think, is the thing that made me realize, like, 
it pointed, it highlighted to me that like maybe I shouldn't have followed <laughs> some celebrity tragedies so closely in the past. But so I'm glad, um, I'm glad to have that perspective now. But it's really like just been a fucking weird time. Noom mood. Talk about taking a break. <laughs> Maybe we just need new mood. I think we should look into further new mood explorations. Yeah. Listen, things are stressful. The mental health is having a moment where she's like, what's, we don't know. <laughs> Jury, jury's out is what yeah. mental health is saying. Everybody and, can learn to manage their daily stress yeah. and anxious thoughts better. And yes. that's where new mood comes in. Because a lot of us mm-hmm. don't know where to begin. And new mood is here to say, we're here. We can help you uh, begin. They're here to guide you to mental wellness and give you tools. Tools that you will use to tackle stress. So you will feel empowered to handle whatever it is that life is throwing at you. Uh, And it seems to be something new every day. They have a team of dedicated coaches. So you'll have a support system helping you on your journey. And their guided approach teaches you the power of shifting your mindset in just a few minutes a day. That's what new mood is all about. (laughs) I've been really happy using new mood just because it's super convenient. And I really feel myself just feeling less stressed. Like last week with the situation where I rented 16 cars, that really didn't stress me out the way that it normally would have. I've been sleeping better. I've just been feeling happier for more moments of happiness throughout my day. And that's important. And it's super convenient. It's only 10 minutes a day. It's an app. You can do it whenever, wherever, in your car, waiting for pickup. You know, uh, if you have, you know, like in the bathroom. Guys, this, <laughs> when I'm you're serious. hiding in the bathroom. <laughs> when you're hiding in the bathroom. You're stronger than your stress, you guys. It doesn't get to control you. And you should equip yourself with the knowledge and steer yourself to happiness. One size doesn't fit all. And you can navigate the program at your own pace and you will have the support of a coach along the way. So with new mood, taking care of your mental wellness is empowering. Empowering. 10 minutes a day. It's an app. You can do it. Worry less and feel happier. Sign up for your trial at Noom dot com slash best. That's noom n o o m dot com slash best. Like what you're gonna be feeling after <laughs> doing new mood. <gasps> True Bill, this is what's come in handy for me. True Bill, you've been talking about your credit card statement. A lot today. A lot today. And Do you I know think, what I was paying for? What were you paying for? <sighs> Apps that my children had purchased. Oh, shoot. That no one uses. Right. Or not downloaded anywhere. But at some point, they hit a button. Right. Waltzed 
playing on my phone probably while I was trying to have a margarita and a chip and salsa. Ye old in-app purchases. And there were many. <laughs> well, thank you, Truebill, for flagging those for busy. Um, on average, people save like $720 a year with Truebill because... Honestly, companies make subscriptions hard to cancel. They're counting on the fact that you're going to forget that your kids learned how to read. (laughs) (laughs) I'm kidding. But like, it's just very simple with Truebill. You link your accounts. Truebill cancels your unwanted subscriptions in one tap. And your Truebill concierge is there when you need them to cancel unwanted subscriptions so you don't have Two. Truebill has over 2 million users and has helped save people over $100 million. That's a lot of That's a money. Lot. Like Matthew B., who says, in a matter of seconds, I saved $660 for the year on my DirecTV bill and $120 for the year on my Sirius bill. Saved $840 a year on car insurance. Wow. Matthew B., good job. You're really doing it. Listen, I am telling you, You got to get this. Don't fall for subscription scams. Start canceling today at Truebill.com slash best. Go right now. Truebill.com slash best. It could save you hundreds a year. Truebill.com slash best. So interesting. Last night, Bertie was asking me about something. I don't remember what, (laughs) but I do know that Birdie was like, said something about Nirvana and then was like, I mean, that was Dave's band. And I was like, oh, that's funny because, you know, Birdie's (laughs) friends with Dave's, one of Dave's kids. Right. Like they've been friends since kinder. And uh, I was like, yeah, I mean, it was Dave's band, but also like it was... Yeah, I mean, it was (laughs) Kurt Cobain's band. Um, Like, Foo Fighters is really his band, you know? Yeah. And Birdie's like, oh, right, Kurt Cobain. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He he died. He killed himself. Like, he died young, right? And I was like, yeah, I think he was 28. I think that was, like, the thing, right? Yeah. Because it's like him and Jimi Hendrix and, right, Heath. Yeah, Yeah, like, 28 is, like, this weird age. yeah. And, um, and Birdie's like, but you know, like with drug overdoses, I always feel like you just don't know if somebody meant it or not. And I was like, oh no, he shot himself. Like he killed himself. Oh, I know why we were talking about it. Birdie's obsessed with Phoebe Bridgers now. And, uh, she's got a song about Elliot Smith who, you know, Mark is like Mark's favorite. Yeah. singer and we were talking about Elliot Smith anyway and then somehow Nirvana came up and Birdie was like Jesus why'd they release that and I was like what and Birdie's like they shouldn't release stuff like that and I was like well you just wait well, I'm confused but you just said I don't huh I thought you wanted to know like you know what I mean? Like, I was right, like, I thought you wanted right. to know. And then Birdie was like, I don't know. People should just, like, have a choice. You shouldn't, like, have to know how people died. 
Right. I was like, oh my God, that's really interesting. Yeah. But it never occurred to me because everybody wants to know how people right. die. Right. They get really like fixated on it. Yes. Why did I bring this up? I don't know. Well, it's kind of like all, you know, it's what we're talking about. Like, yeah, being fixated on knowing things that we maybe don't have to know, but then we're all familiar with the wording of like these, like the poor family has to announce something and ask for privacy at this time. And you always know that it's coming, like someone's going to give the reason. And it's such a weird, it's a weird, weird place that we're in, in culture. And then I always hate when people, like, when someone dies and it's unexpected and people post all over online, holy shit. Like, that breaks my heart every time. It takes a little chunk of my heart because people just have this, like, expression of surprise. Holy shit. Like, that you also say, like, when someone has, like, an awesome new truck or something. Holy shit. Guys, if I die, please. Please don't say holy shit. For Casey's sake, don't say holy shit. But if Casey dies, we all are posting holy shit. Okay? It's like one last joke on me. I'm serious. (laughs) Because you know. Would you appreciate, would you like that or not like it? I feel like you would like it. I feel like I probably, I don't know. Maybe I wouldn't care. I'd be beyond it at this point. No, you would. I mean, I I would only do it if you could care. (laughs) Like I would only... I would only do the bit if I thought like ghost you would get a kick out of it. I wonder, I've really wondered often if ghosts like have a sense of humor, whether they get a kick out of things. I mean, I've heard things that would lead me to believe that ghosts might have a little bit of sense of humor, but I don't know. Or maybe I'd just be like, oh, puny humans. You're so silly. Trying to do a joke on me. Yeah. That's what I was, that's what I'm always like. When people get really like Prince fans get really riled up about what he would want and what he said in life and what, you know, just what he would want for everything, his music, his clothes, his belongings, his home, his money, every everything. And I'm like, he's beyond that now. Well, guys, we made it one hour and 54 seconds before <laughs> a Prince mention. And I feel... Like, that's a win. I mean, girl, I was in Minnesota last week, and I don't think I mentioned him at all to you. You didn't. You didn't. I didn't mention him to you. But on that on that retreat, everybody got, like, a special Prince moment from me because, like, he's just – he can just be related to everything. So somebody was like, my favorite singer is Sheryl Crow. And I was like, oh, here's a video of Prince singing – Every day is a winding road with Cheryl Crow. And then someone It's weird was that like, you didn't bring up that Cheryl Crow was on Cougar Town, but whatever. <laughs> well, it's it was fine. In, it was in Minnesota. So, you know, you have to. Somebody was like, when I was growing up, I really loved Kenny Rogers. And I was like, oh, here's a song that Prince wrote for Kenny Rogers. And you can hear a demo of it. And he really sounds like he's doing like a Kenny Rogers type impression. Like he knew it was going to Kenny. And so everyone just got... Got a Prince moment. Someone's favorite show was The New Girl. And I was like, here you go. Here's Prince. Well, that's the, the best. I mean, yeah, that was such a great story, too. Yeah. Yes. Oh my gosh. And more stories came out about it. But, you know, that's so you have all of those women to thank for you not hearing about Prince last week while I was actually in his home state. But you knew it was only a matter of time before I brought him up. 
I want to just circle back real fast to where we started two hours ago. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. To the Brene Brown of it and taking a break. And that's nice if you can afford it and blah, 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 you know? And I felt like last week, I felt really bad that you were on this retreat and you had to do the podcast twice. (laughs) (laughs) Well, that was just bad luck. I know, but but also I could have been like, we don't have to do it again. But like, I felt really strongly that we did need to do it again. And yeah, by the way, like, you know that I also felt that way too. I know you did. If you had said, I think we have to do another one and I really didn't think so, of course I would have said, like, I really don't think so. And, you know, I would have stood up for that if I, but it wasn't even a question. Like it would have been extremely out of character for us to not only just let that, just let that one sit, let it slide, let it slide. I mean, that was just, and I blame Justice Alito for, you know, but also it was fine. It was fine. No, I know. But like, I, I want us all to have the space and time to do the, to find the, whatever, the space between (laughs) the stimulus and the response or whatever. Like, I want that for myself, you know? Like, I want that for you, for sure. And I realized, like, reading that Brene Brown thing, too, that... The last time I really had that space was, you know, before I had the idea and, like, decided to do Busy Tonight. Yeah. And it was a choice. It was a choice. I made a choice, like, to not work on acting jobs, like to not be sort of preoccupied by that and to just kind of chill the fuck out right? and see what came to me. Yeah. And I've been feeling like recently, I know you and I've talked about it a little bit, off podcast like I've been feeling really like I don't know where to what to do or where to go like what to focus on or what to do yeah you know yeah because like I love you know we guys come on and did everybody watch the first three episodes of girls five ever come on Yes, everyone was talking about it on the Facebook group. Well, my mom was mad that there were only three available. (laughs) Because she took her computer to the hospital while my dad had his surgery. And um, 
was bummed because she, she made it through content. those. She needed more. She needed more. And also then I was like, probably could have gotten her a link. Maybe <laughs> I should have thought about that. Um, my dad's doing good after his good. hip surgery. My mother's getting ready for hers. Yeah. They're going through with it. They're doing it. She did text me not to worry about her after we talked about it on the podcast. And she was like, don't worry. I'll be fine. No, I know she's going to be so fine. I, I know. I just like the idea of these two people with bionic hips. Listen, I share healing. your concern, but Mrs. Phillips texted me not to worry about it. She will Well, be they fine. did get, they got a home health aid. Oh, good. Okay. So, All right. All right. yeah, their insurance. I like, my, yeah, their insurance, got, like, got it. It's going to be fine. Good. Thank God. Great. Yeah. I get so, what you're saying about, yeah, about all of this, about like taking time and whatever. It's like, honestly, real talk, like between you and I, like you and me, you and I isn't even a thing. That's not no, you even and proper English. Uh-uh. Um, just us chickens? Just us chickens. It's really like a matter of planning. Like just there was last week. That had been my plan. And if I had said to you, I don't want to record at all on this retreat. Let's do an extra episode before we go or whatever. We would have done that. We would have found time to do that. And then we would have probably still wanted to record an episode. And I would have been like up shit's Creek because I wouldn't have had any equipment with me, whatever, whatever. So we would have had to figure out a million things. But I was just like, it's no problem to record one. And then the second one was just like, it just happens. Like shit happens sometimes and you have to. Because also like, yes, we make this podcast independently, but people work on it with us. And like, that's their, you know, they get paid for what they do. And so that's their money for the week. And like, you can't just like, you know. We can be bad with our own money, but we can't just tell someone, by the way, you're not getting the money that you were counting on this week because we just decided, like, that we can't or whatever. But when there's been an emergency, we have done that, and then we make it up later. Even though the podcast is independent, we do have obligations to meet, and I think we do a good job of that. We do the best we can, and we're not always perfect in it. So there's all that. But like, if we really wanted to take a break, then we just have to plan it, you know, and we just have to. So that's, but sometimes it's hard to think ahead because, because the podcast like is easy, you know, compared to like a lot of things we do. So I think it's like, it can be like a little bit of an afterthought planning for it. And so, you know, cause we just figure, oh, we'll just get on. And so many times, like we've tried to like plan the podcast or whatever. And then we wind up like getting on the phone anyway. And we're like, oh shit, we should have just recorded this. We could have done the podcast anyway. You know what I mean? So yeah, it's just like, I don't know. We, I, I do have to get better at planning and I am waiting for like my, you know, my planning to grow in. It seems like it should have arrived by now, but I'm not always the best at like planning something that seems casual, but also like that I should take seriously, you know? My family therapy classes or parenting classes. Yeah. We're supposed to get like a calendar <laughs> and write stuff down for yeah. everybody to see. Yeah. 
But then we all got COVID, so I didn't do it. Yeah. Well, you'll get the calendar and it'll be... Casey, I've had calendars before, you know? (laughs) I remember... I've had a lot of calendars. When we started at Busy Tonight, it was like literally your first office job, really. You'd never really like... Like, obviously, it's a TV show, so it's not, but we had an office that we started out in, and you were so excited to have an office, and you bought, like, tons of supplies, and you bought, like, this big calendar, and it was so I don't so know cute. where the fuck it is. <laughs> I, like, was, was just, so that's, I was just looking for it through yeah. all our shit, because I'm like, it's got to be somewhere. Yeah. And I don't, because I'm like, do I have to buy, I don't want to buy another one. Right. I don't know. I remember years and years and years ago. Yeah. When Kate Walsh was like on Grey's Anatomy, maybe had just started private practice. Yeah. And like I had known Kate is like one of those actors in LA that like I had met over the years like a ton. Yeah. Like it's like kind of like like Kate and Connie Britton and uh, you know, Lauren and Graham, Lauren Graham. Yeah. yeah. And like those women were like just slightly older than me. And I really like, but like we all were sort of like in the same world and I really yeah. like idolized them. Yeah. You know? So Kate had this, I think it was like private practice vibes because she had, it was a Christmas party and she yeah. had just bought like her house, like yeah. her her house with her like big TV money, which I'd been to her other house that she, it was nice. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> but this one was like totally done by an interior designer. You know what I mean? Like that kind right. of vibe. The works. It, the works. And I remember going into her office and Birdie was a baby. I, cause I was carrying. Yeah. The, baby child. Yeah. And going on the tour with Kate and she's showing me everything. And I remember like being blown away by her fucking closet and just like, you know, cut to six years later, I built my own room <laughs> room closet. Um, <clears throat> but in her office or there was a desk, I guess. I don't know. Yes. Yeah. I think it was her office. She had this like like the whole size of the wall, it was plexiglass and like, and like sort of like drilled into the wall, like with grommets. Do you know what I'm saying? So it was like sat a little bit away from the wall. Yeah. So it looked artsy. Yes. And then someone had used like vinyl or whatever and had made like a huge calendar, like Genius. a, a two-month calendar on yeah. it. And I remember seeing that and thinking, well, if that's not the fucking height of <laughs> everything. Like the closet was like, we've all seen a great closet. Yeah. But that calendar. But that fucking giant wall-sized, right on wipe-off, plexiglass, calendar was it was aspirational for me yeah yeah and And I even I feel like I even went to a craft store and was like could I make this myself (laughs) and I did I did not I did not and you never got it on there well I think like 
Here's the thing, it, especially in TV, like calendars are so important. Like you need to have this just ginormous calendar where everything that is coming down on you is there. It's there, you know? Um, and we talked a lot about this on the retreat too, about bulletin boards and how useful they can be when you're writing because you just write down on the little card and then you mm-hmm. move the little card, the little part. And you don't have to keep writing it over and over again. I prefer a DIY calendar when it's important. I prefer a DIY calendar that is note cards on a bulletin board because then you can just move the weeks up and away instead of erasing the whole thing and writing it over again. Because I like to have... Wait, when wait, you wait, just, wait, 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 wait. Tell me again. Okay. What do you do? So when you have like a calendar, like you're describing like Kate uh-huh. Walsh's beautiful calendar, which sounds amazing, it's only uh-huh. for that month. And right? you, I don't know what's coming up in the first week of the next month. And you then you just wait until the last day, you erase it all, and you write down your new calendar. And then you're like, holy fucking shit, look at all this shit I have to do in the first week. So I prefer a DIY calendar that is a cork board with note cards where you write the thing and it goes over like one, two, or three months even, like if you have enough room and you move everything up and you take away, you know, you throw away the cards for the week that already happened and you move up the other cards. And so you still, you know, it's basically the same as like the calendar on your laptop or in your phone, but I really, there's something about writing it that like locks it in my brain. I have a visual of pinning it to the board and every time I touch it to move it up, like it reminds me this is shit that has to happen, but it's been a while since I've had a calendar like that. And I could really probably benefit from one because it helps you plan. It helps you plan the future. Like for example, If you wanted a break from this podcast, maybe we could do two evergreen bonus episodes so we could take two weeks off, but we never, we're not in that, we're not that organized yet, you know? (sighs) Okay. And we, we got responsibilities, but also like it's our thing. So we should be able to plan well enough to be flexible. Okay. I'm going to need a tutorial on (laughs) making that calendar thing. Yes. Is there a way to make it look cute? I mean, as cute as cork boards, or it doesn't have to be cork boards. It could be magnets if you wanted magnets. But the key is cards that you move because erasing and writing down, it doesn't work because I've seen TV executives try to do the erasing thing How many times do people erase something and they forgot what it was and it never gets transported to the new square? Whereas if you just unpin a card, the card is in your hand. You would have to go to great lengths to lose it. So, I mean, I could definitely lose it. Just (laughs) You could. You could. And the the key is also a different card for every event so that if you move the day or whatever, because sometimes people try to write the whole day on one little card to save cards, and that's no good either because if you something changes, you have to scratch it off a card, and then you have to put it on another card. That's when it starts to look like chaotic shit. You just need enough space to have a card for every event in the day. But it's hard. I remember those family calendars, man. Those like shared family calendars. <sighs> what are and my we... husband's like my husband's like online work calendar of when his shifts are and when people need to be picked. It's it's chaos. 
Um, I still don't. I still need a visual. <laughs> I will try I still to look. Truly, I still truly do not understand. Okay. I'll try to look. And if I can't, I'll like try to. index cards? Yeah, index cards. But each family member has one? Well, it depends on how you want to set it up. It's however you want, you know? Like it could be, yeah, you could be like pink. Bird could be yellow. Cricket could be green. Mark could be purple. But then you're talking about like, You'd need a really big space because every every event has to go on its own card. So that, like, if you move something from a Monday to a Thursday, you don't just scratch it off the Monday card and write it on the Thursday card. You just move the whole event from the Monday square mm. to the Thursday square. But the time might change. The time might change, but that's okay because you don't have to write the time on it. Then you could why? go even bigger. Wait, why can't? Why aren't you writing the time on it? How do you know the time? I mean, you can write that because some things are just like, you know, you have to do this this day. You know what I mean? Like, My brain like for example, too much. Yeah, I know. Well, you could put the times in your phone. You could put alarms in your phone and just have them on your like big visual calendar. Like mom's going to the doctor today, you know, plan for it or whatever. Like everybody might not need to know the time of everything. It's just, it's all depends on how you want to organize it. But the bigger you go, the more information you can put. But I like to try to keep it simple, too, because, like, if you give everybody too much information, then it just becomes, like, white noise and everybody's ignoring the information and they get exhausted with the system and they don't keep it up and then someone misses something and they blame you because it will be your fault because it's your calendar. Everything's always my fault. It'll be your job to maintain that calendar. So it has to be, like, whatever is, you know... The best calendar is the one that you can maintain with as little friction as possible and not get blamed by your family when something goes wrong because they will blame you. Okay. <laughs> That's just real talk. But I will, if I can't find a video tutorial or whatever, I'll make one for you in case you're interested, just for fun. This feels like salad bar all over again. <laughs> It might be, but I'm telling you, I've never forgotten to tape a TV show that I was supposed to. Who's taping TV shows still? Well, that's what I'm saying. It's the system that you use for a TV show. And I never, it's, it works so well at not letting things slip through the cracks that you can, you can bet a multi-million dollar television show on it. You know? Okay. So I've never been like, oh, holy shit, I was supposed to have, like, Dame Judi Dench on a TV show today, and it slipped my mind because, like, no, it was on the calendar. Okay. Okay. <laughs> okay. But do you ever think that you're going to become, like, a real calendar bitch? I hope. Yeah. I hope that for myself. Yeah. I really do. Like, are you going to start, like, clicking on emails and adding them to your phone calendar? Or is that too much? Do you do that? I do that. Yeah, that's good. That's and good. And new assistant, Blake, who also got COVID from me. Sorry. Oh, no. Sorry, Sorry Blake. Blake. Welcome. <laughs> what a welcome gift. Welcome. <laughs> um, but he, he was so sweet about it. Like... It actually, of course. I, well, 
I did actually. I was actually fucking horrified. Like, can you imagine? <laughs> yes. Yes. But he's, I'm just saying he seems to be a very sweet person. So he was even so if sweet he was about seething it. inside. He wasn't see. I don't think he was seething. Inside. No, I don't think so either. But even I if wonder he was. if he'll start listening to the podcast. Oh, I don't know. Interesting. We'll see. Remains to be seen. It does remain to be seen. seen. Um, Well, Blake schedules things for you. Calendars things. He's putting. He's he's starting to put things in the cal for me. Yeah, and then do you get like? But I also like you have to be at this place in an hour. Well, yeah. You know the one thing that Ray did before he left that has just been the best. What? was the sunset alert. Oh, I'm glad you have the sunset alert. Isn't it so good? It's fantastic. It's a real... I'm so... That's the thing that I've accomplished that I've been the most impressed with in my life, like figuring out how to put the sunset alarm. Because you have to... It takes a little bit of, like, programming. Not really. <laughs> but you have to, you know, it It takes a little bit. It took a little bit of effort. Oh, somebody asked me how to do that. And I was like, well, I don't know. You have to, I have no idea. It takes, You'll have to look it up online. It takes a little bit of effort. All right, this po- oh! What? You stopped recording? Yes. Your batteries died? No. Worse. What? Your, I don't know. This file, I guess. Your, your card died? I was literally about to say this has been seven hours, this podcast. We should stop, but I guess my fucking computer decided for me. Damn it. See, this is like, this is why we do need to plan a break at some point because we're just doing our own engineering. We've got cards filling up. Motherfucker. <laughs> Every week, it's something. When do you think I can work out again? Um, Right after this, right after you. Really? Do you feel good enough? I don't know. Yeah, I think so. I don't know. Me, I don't know. What, I do like well. a half workout. I don't know what that is, mom. Mom? Just... <laughs> <laughs> I just called you mom. Well, uh, wow. Wow, wow, wow. Dr. Wow, Freud. Wow. <laughs> um, just do right. it for half the time. Just do a workout for half the time. I feel like we got to switch this podcast up. <laughs> I'm serious. Every week. I feel like, no, I feel like it's like, I don't know. Is it growing? Yeah. It is? Yeah. I'll tell you all the numbers sometime. I always feel like when I send you like numbers, I don't stuff, know what it means. You're just like, yeah, that's what I'm saying. So like, I'll talk to you about them, but yeah, because like, I don't know. I mean, I don't know. <laughs> I'll send you. I'll send you like the boiled down numbers as much as I can. You know, I'm like a real Just numbers. Explain to me what it means. Person. Yeah. What oh, it means. My God. But back to this. <laughs> and then we'll be done. <laughs> okay. Well, we didn't, yeah, we didn't do what? the one thing that we're supposed to do in this podcast. 
I obviously, as anyone knows what I'm doing my best at this week. I don't need to say it. Do I need to say it? I stayed alive, guys. Yeah, I stayed, stayed alive. Alive. Yeah. I stayed alive and I still managed to talk a lot about abortion to a lot <laughs> of different people and places and platforms. You and You did it. But anyway, what were you about to say? You forgot. I didn't, but I decided I don't want to say it. <laughs> we'll talk about it next week. Okay. All right. Okay. All right. What are you doing your best at? Um, you know, well, I think it ties into what we were talking about, a lot of like the privilege of being able to step away from things and how you can do that. Uh, and about making time and planning for things. And so you know, it was interesting to me to be on this writing retreat with these women and some of the women had paid the full price to be there. And, um, and I was paid uh, a small amount of money to be there. It's not something that I would, um, you know, it wasn't a lot of money for what I get paid to do things, but, um, I also thought that like I'm getting something out of it. Like I'm I'm going and and like I need a retreat as well too to accomplish some things. Some women had gotten scholarships and uh weren't paying a lot of money. So that was good that that was offered for for women that needed it and it just happened that it was all women. It just happened that it was all women. I think it was fortuitous uh cuz it was like the pilot retreat of this program. Um, with the, it was uh, a collaboration between Catalyst Content Festival, which I've been involved with for years, and this company Blue Fractal in Minnesota, and they really just took good care of us. But one thing that I heard everyone saying is if they weren't sure that they were going to come until the last minute, they decided at the last minute that they were actually going to come, and even women that you know, maybe weren't, weren't paying money. So you couldn't say like, I'm not sure I deserve this. And I'm not sure I deserve to take this money and spend this on doing this something for myself to like work on my writing. Even women who were like, you know, the fee is waived because, you know, you meet certain criteria or whatever. Even those women were also like, talking about it in terms of like they weren't sure that they deserved taking time away from anything else to focus on, you know? And so everybody kind of had like the same thing. Like it was all like, it worked out really well. And it was like almost like a perfect little recipe of women just hanging out and working together and supporting each other and giving tips and things like that and telling stories and laughing and, you know, building this bond over the course of a week. But it's so strange that it almost didn't happen because almost every person at some point was like, I almost pulled all the way out of coming to this because like- This I is the I... theme this week. Yeah. Excuse me, this one. <laughs> I mean, seriously, sir, like why? New York City, come on. Fuck off. <laughs> um, This is the theme this week. And I want to say, like, this is a really good point that you're bringing up about, like, people who had applied for scholarships, people who... 
And yet, like, it's not imposter syndrome. It's that we have been so conditioned now to think that we can't possibly step away. Right. That either everything's going to fall apart or everything's going to go away or it's selfish. And I don't know when I saw that Brene Brown thing this morning, I thought of you, I thought of myself, obvi. We haven't gotten there yet on Girls 5 ever, but my favorite song <laughs> is When I cry at a movie, I'm only crying for myself. <laughs> only sad that lady's dying because I'm thinking about myself. <sighs> the second part was the harmony. That's the part I do. I don't know the actual melody for that part. <laughs> but anyway... um, I thought about us and I thought about space needed to be your best, most creative self. You have to close those curtains. I cannot see your face. I know, but I just. Can't you just pull that curtain closed? I'll pull the curtain closed. There. Is that better? Yeah. Literally. (laughs) It's better. If you pulled the other one closed, it would be 100% better, but that's fine. I know that's asking too much in this moment. Um, but we, especially women are just, we are conditioned to think that making space for ourselves or time for ourselves, you don't even have to be working on like a novel or a screenplay or some creative thing. No. Like just making space for yourself, we have been conditioned to see as an act of selfishness Yeah, when in actuality, it is the only thing that allows people to be able to fully show up in their lives. And men take so much space in so many ways, big and small. And we don't allow ourselves the same generosity. We just don't. Right. And think about like all the amazing things that could be, that could come from it. Right. Not just my talk show, guys. But like allowing the space of possibility, you know? Yeah. And I want that for everyone. I want that for us. And it feels so hard. Like, the oppression of the current political climate. Yeah. The closing in on all sides that it feels like getting older, like 
all of these things, right? Like it just feels impossible, like an impossibility. Yeah. But I do think like we have to start attaching our life masks first. Yeah. Life masks? What are they called? Yeah. Oxygen masks? Sure. Oxygen masks. (laughs) Yeah, I think it... We have to. I'm not... I don't do it. Yeah. You don't do it. Yeah. I get that. I think for me, like, it's very much... uh, It's fear. It's not so much expectation because I am really lucky. I do have men in my life who do their share and more. I think for me, it's more fear because I have... You know, it's a fear of being replaced or forgotten if you don't just keep coming. That's what I'm saying, though. That's yes. But we've been taught, right? That I talk about this in my fucking book. It was like my first lesson in Hollywood is yeah. like, you are expendable, babe. Like the guys, right. not so much, but you can be replaced like that, right? And it's also just that's not true. <laughs> I mean it I mean that in like I mean that in the simplest way possible. Yeah. Like, there is only one you. Casey. Exactly. Exactly. But in this business that we do and in the things that we do, there's only one me. But there will come a time when naturally somebody wants someone who is not you. And oh, yeah. Well, I mean, already. Right. Right. And so you just have to live with that. So I'm kind of like, well, I'll be damned if like I'm going to help that situation exist by not showing up and making it easy for someone to make another choice. You know, I'm going to be there. But if you're, and I'm not saying this is the case, but if one, if I am showing up at 70%. <laughs> right. Or less than. Right. Because of that fear. Right. Where as if I were to take the space, suck that oxygen down. <laughs> and then come back. And yeah. then come back at 100. Yeah. Like when I think about that time in my life when I really took that space and then came like with such clarity. Yeah. I was like firing on all cylinders. I was like at a hundred. Yeah. And And I'm not, I'm not there right now at all. Yeah. I mean. I'm just not. I don't think anyone is. No, I know. Yeah. And that was, and that's the point of. Brene Brown's post was like the last two years have taken a fucking toll. Right. And by the way, I would feel weird about someone that I felt like was firing at a hundred. I'd be like, well, what are you ignoring that, that everyone else is not, you know, or like, I, w- I would feel weird about it if someone was like, oh, I'm totally okay. They're like, I'm just really invested in the Johnny Depp Amber Heard trial. <laughs> Like right now, like that's like my main focus. That's my main focus. And it's just like I'm making t-shirts, I'm selling them. I'm like, just like (laughs) watching daily, making sure like I post ad nauseum about it. To raise awareness. To raise awareness about what's really 
at stake here and what's really going on. <laughs> so that's where I'm at. Oh my Me. gosh. Yeah. So anyway, that's what I did my best at this week is just being like, we all fucking deserve to be here as much as anything. And yeah, we do. We deserve to take up space in no matter what our like state of readiness is to share our writing, even if it's just like in the idea phase or even if we're on like our seventh draft of something. And you know how many like screenplays of men that I've read that are like so half-baked it's like well seen seen to come that is what uh that is something that i shared with the women this week and that you know really some people were painstakingly agonizing over a choice of a word or like how their cover page looked or whatever. And I was just like, and one woman, I hope she doesn't mind. I'm not going to say, but she had gotten feedback. Someone in the industry had invited her to share their work and email, email her work. And, uh, and the feedback she had gotten was like, um, you have a couple spelling mistakes in here. Like, that was the overall feedback on an entire script that she had written. And she was kind of rightly crushed by it. But I'm like, that's just someone who's, like, trash. That's what I was going to say. Like, there's a lot of dream crushers out there. Let's be real. Yeah. People love to crush a dream, y'all. All All right. (laughs) We got to go. This has been 75 hours It really, It really hasn't. But, but, you know. We do have to go. It's true. I have to check out of this hotel and drive to the airport. And edit before you get on one of your two flights. (laughs) Oh, my gosh. Well, yeah, that's what we got to do. Hustle it up. Hustle it up. Tomorrow, I hope your line is invisible. And I hope my line stays invisible. Tomorrow, I hope your line is invisible as well. (laughs) I know you're very going to be very excited to see all your people. I am excited. It's my son Lincoln's 20th birthday today, and I'm missing it because of this, but it was important, and he understood, and he was like, I fully expect a celebration, but I'm not an exact day bitch, so do what you got to do, and I'll see you when you get home. That's crazy. 20 years old. 20 years old, my little guy. That'll be you one day. I mean, like immediately. In a second. Yeah. 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 It really, I hate when a cliche comes true. Some shit that I rolled my eyes at a thousand times about how it all goes so fast. And I'm like, yeah, yeah, yeah. It all goes so fast. But I hope everyone who has a mother or is a mother had the kind of day that you needed this Mother's Day? Because I know it is not fucking easy. It's fraught. And I know um, I know. I saw one friend online say, well, I got hit. <laughs> I think she was trying to avoid just knowing about Mother's Day at all because of her personal history and uh, and almost made it to the end of the day. And, you know, didn't didn't get what she was hoping for or needing in that day. So I hope everybody got what they needed or most of what they needed. 
because, you know, that is also like taking up the space that you need and, and taking the space that you need, which is, those are two different things, but also the, the same person probably needs, needs both of those things to be as true as possible. So I hope that, I just hope that you got that. And I hope that you're feeling a little relaxed and renewed and thank you for spending seven hours with us. It wasn't really seven hours, but it's getting there. It's pushing it. This is pushing it. I think we could lose <laughs> the whole photo booth conversation at the top. I don't think anyone needs to know about Mike or the crane or anything, but it's fine. <laughs> if you cut it out, leave this part in and then about we'll release you talking it as about an, it. Yeah. And then we'll release it as an extra. Listen, busy. Here's what I'll say. And I'm not Podcast. to be, I'm not to be like, we love you guys so much. We love the people that listen to the podcast. But people were really asking for us to release the scrapped podcast that we scrapped because we decided it was pointless uh, last week. And I'm like, it was really just us like, you know, you had like pre-COVID brain fever and, you know, or was what it was during I, COVID? I don't even remember was, what I was talking about. I don't even I don't no, we even didn't know remember. I had COVID yet. Yeah. It was and the it, Girls 5 Eva premiere. Yes. And I yeah. literally don't remember. Yeah. And so it, I'm like, it's so ephemeral in nature, but people are like, uh, you know, that it doesn't matter. Like something else happened that took precedence over it. And people were like, no, release it anyway. Release it as a bonus. So, I mean, like, listen, I'm just listening to what the people say they want. Three hours talking about photo booths. Listen, all 270 of you are angels. (laughs) And And I need to sleep. Maybe tonight I'll get a good night's sleep. Maybe tonight you'll sleep and your line will be invisible tomorrow. Let's all cross our fingers. You should see what I'm doing right now, guys. She's putting on concealer. Under my eyes. Under eye concealer. Because... You know, circles. Yeah. Those circles are real. No joke. All right, everybody. All right. We we love love you guys. We'll talk to you soon. Bye. Bye. Oh, no.